We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, Brian, um, we're going, we're going just, right into, yeah, I just, uh, we got to bring Debbie Odding. Um, yeah. Peyton Bowen just committed to Oregon. Are you serious? Yeah. He just committed to Oregon. Huh? So. Huh? Yeah. Huh? He just committed to Oregon. Huh? Yeah. So um, we're going to bring Debbie Odding on here. So that's what you got to follow, Mrs. Odding. So we are going to talk to you uh, about uh, about what's going on kind of with you guys and Joe, and then we'll get into that the rest of that later here. So uh, Ryan, take it away, man, because this was obviously a big day for you guys. Yeah, yeah, Debbie, I, I really appreciate you coming on again. You're you're past obviously uh, participating in the Irish Breakdown podcast. So give us a little perspective here. I know you were super proud of Joe and everything he's accomplished and getting to this point, but. The day has finally come. How's it How's it around the Otting family right now? Oh, good morning, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, certainly an exciting day for us. We were up bright and early, and and Joe was, you know, getting that electronic, you know, NLI signed, and and then I think he jumped back in bed and <laughs> got a little extra sleep, but um, we're looking forward. He's going to have a ceremony today at school around 4 o'clock, and um, all of his, you know, classmates and, and our school community will be able to gather with us and celebrate, but we're thrilled. You know, we just couldn't be happier. Notre Dame is absolutely the place for Joe, and we're looking forward to him. You know, he'll be coming in the summer. Um, going to finish up basketball and and track season. But um, we're we're super excited that today is here. Well, can can we boast about Joe for a second, Debbie? Because I saw you post it the other day that he had uh, twenty four points and eleven rebounds in a victory for uh, for the high school out there. So I mean, he, yeah, he he got that from his mama though. He right? did. Yeah. Mama true. was the basketball player. That's true. Yeah. That he yeah. did. Yeah, they wrapped up December uh, three and one, and so that final game at home, um, he he went went to work and um, pulled down those rebounds and put a lot of them right back in and um, <laughs> finished up with twenty four points. And so um, just super excited to see what January brings. But he's he's finding his rhythm again on the hardwood, and so that's fun to watch. I love it. I love it. And Debbie, I, I just asked Sullivan something similarly, and I would love to hear your perspective because I know the coaches obviously were a big part of this recruitment from a you know from the 
perspective of you guys visiting and being able to sit down with Coach Heastand and and do all that type of stuff. So can you talk to me a little bit about just how instrumental the coaching staff was into this recruitment and how a guy like Coach Heastand really rubbed off on your family and made an impression? Um, you know, we just think the world of Coach Heastand and every opportunity we've had to to, you know, visit with him. And he was just in our home last week. I mean, we've just absolutely connected. Um, he's the best in the business. And that's that's what it came down to. And um, Joe was, you know, thrilled about the opportunity to, to get to play for him and, and all of the coaches. I mean, from Coach Freeman to Coach Reese to Coach Heastan, I mean, everything top to bottom just lined up um, at Notre Dame. But, you know, Coach Heastan's been around for a long time and, and he knows his stuff and he's proven, you know, and he's had, you know, so many former players that have um, gone on to do amazing things. And he's he 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 knows his stuff. And, you know, when we were there this summer and, and kind of like Sully mentioned, you know, he sat down and broke down film with Joe and I, I could sit there all day and listen to that kind of stuff. I enjoy that. And um, and Coach Easton, you know, loves to talk about it. He's passionate about it. And he's he is. He's just kind of like that. The dad, you know, I mean, and the kids, you know, all of his players just have the utmost respect for him. And I can't wait for Joe to learn under him and, and just, you know, and coach Easton said, he said, you know, can't wait to see what Joe's potential is. And I know that Harry Heastan will be the one to get the most out of him. Oh, for sure. And and if you can, cause we talked about this on our initial interview that we did together and I was, but I would just love for you to take, take us back to when the commitment happens. Cause I know you guys obviously it was a big moment for you all. And making that commitment in Marcus Freeman's balcony, if I remember correctly. So if you could take us through that story, I would love to hear it again. Yeah, that was a great weekend. We had gone up to South Bend. Joe had signed up for an offensive lineman camp, and he already had his offer. That had came early in May, but he went up for the O-line camp and wanted to perform well that day. And, of course, he was a nervous wreck, you know, the night before, but um, went off to camp and, um, you know, had a great, great morning. We spent the day um, – as parents meeting with, you know, Coach Rees and, and Coach Freeman and um, Joe was at camp. And then we got together and, and had supper again that evening. And, you know, all of the coaches had kind of shared, you know, to let them know if if there was anything else that we needed answered or what else could Notre Dame, you know, um, share as far as, you know, helping Joe make his decision. There wasn't any pressure to commit that weekend, but um, we knew, we knew this was Joe's dream. We knew that, um, he was, you know, probably not going to turn this down, but, you know, we got together that night at the hotel after we got back and, and sat down with Joe and, and discussed it. Cause we knew we had a meeting with coach Freeman that next morning and we wanted to, you know, just kind of get our game plan together and, and make sure that this was what Joe wanted. And, um, we got his older brother on the phone and, you know, all of us, you know, they're together as a family on speakerphone and, and we're visiting. And, you know, our son told Joe, he said, you know, you've always wanted to be the best offensive lineman you can be. And this is a chance to be coached by the best at the best university. He said, you've worked for it, you've earned it, and you belong at Notre Dame. And, you know, we couldn't have agreed more. And, um, and Joe, you know, he knew we didn't want to keep Notre Dame waiting. You know, we knew this was it. There was no reason to wait around, play any games. You know, he did have two other official visits scheduled that month. And I know he kind of felt bad about having to cancel them, but when you know, you know. And so that next morning when we were scheduled to meet with Coach Freeman, um, you know, Joe wanted to be able to tell him in person. And that was the opportunity yeah. while we were there, while we were in South Bend. And so he, um, yeah, it was it was the perfect setting out there on his balcony that Sunday morning and to get the chance to tell Coach Freeman, you know, 
he grew up wearing the blue and gold at Hayden and he wanted to continue wearing the blue and gold and, and play for the Fighting Irish. And so, um, so yeah, that was a, a big day and, and a big relief for Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, and Debbie, we had Don Schuler on earlier, who, of course, is the father of a Don Schuler. And... We, we've talked. I know we talked about this too, and I talked to Don obviously about this earlier in the show about just the feeling you get when you're in South Bend. It, I know yeah. it's kind of hard to describe, but if you can do your best, just to kind of like when you're there, because I know you were there a, a long time ago, and then you got back recently, obviously on a couple trips with, with Joe. But what, what's it just like to be there? The atmosphere, just I guess the overall feeling of being in South Bend, Indiana. There's there's no place like the University of Notre Dame. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I shared with you, we had been there a long time ago, back in 2003, before Joe was even born. And so, um, you know, it doesn't matter what season it is, whether it's, you know, summer, you know, fall, winter, spring, um, but especially during football season. But it, it's it's such a special place. And, you know, just being on that campus and, and just the, the history and the tradition. And um, so, you know, I, I remember when we were there in 2003 thinking, do these kids know how lucky they are? Do they, you know, how lucky they are to be able to get to attend the University of Notre Dame? Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would have a child that was going to be that lucky and that's going to be, you know, on that campus next summer. And so um, it, it is a, a special place. And, and, and we've we've been all over and been a lot of a lot of universities. But um, Notre Dame is is definitely where Joe belongs. And I know it took us a couple minutes to get you on here because of scheduling and then some crazy news that's obviously in between, but I want to make this news to me. Yeah. I, I want to make this about Joe because I am, you know, as we've talked in the past, I'm such a fan of the upside that he has as a football player. And as a young man, obviously at Notre Dame, can you take us through maybe just this, I know we talked about the moment for you and your family a little bit, but what the rest of the day looks like. I know you said you guys, the ceremony at home at four, but what, what are you guys going to kind of do together for the rest of the day and, and celebrate this great moment, obviously. 
Yeah. Um, uh, the, the high school's out of school for, for Christmas break. And so mm-hmm. um, we, you know, of course, wanted to still have the ceremony today. And um, we're waiting a little bit later in the day because Joe's older siblings, who have been huge role models for him that he's looked up to, they're working. And so we want to wait till they get done at four and, and can join us and be there. Um, but yeah, we'll just kind of finish, you know, getting things ready here at home. I got a couple errands to run and uh, things to pick up. And then um, we'll all gather at the high school. And, and I really anticipate there'll be a lot of um, a good turnout you know Joe um, has a lot of community support um, a lot of kids look up to him and so I think it's going to be a really a really special day for him he was working on his speech last night and so um, I know it'll be um, a day we'll never forget and um, so we're we're excited about it and then we're supposed to be getting cold weather tomorrow so luckily luckily we got you know, uh, weather today that's going to allow people to get out and, and come celebrate with us. But that's kind of what we have planned. Um, you know, just looking forward to, to four o'clock and and really making it um, even more official. So, yeah. Well, and I know it's a unique environment, obviously, with a with a commitment like this for, you know, the you know, the town of Topeka and, and Hayden High School and being able to share this moment. I guess my last question for you, Debbie, is just from an outsider perspective, because you are a basketball coach at the school for the women as well. Mm-hmm. So you kind of see this on a day-to-day basis, but what has it been like just to kind of see how the community, how the school and everybody has just been so excited over finally him being able to make this decision official? Yes. You know, the entire, you know, school community and the entire community of Topeka, we have just, you know, we don't run into anybody, but that they don't congratulate us on Joe's, you know, commitment to, to Notre Dame. And yep. You know, people couldn't be happier for him. And, you know, people, you know, especially the Catholic community have grown up loving Notre Dame. And um, so they they couldn't be more thrilled to have someone that they now know that's going to be wearing the blue and gold and, and running out on that field for, for the fighting Irish. And so um, we've just been really, really blessed to to have the support that we've had um, in the Topeka community. And everybody is very, very excited for Joe. Yeah. And I know we're super excited for him again, Debbie, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes here. I know it's an exciting day for Joe, exciting day for your family. Please give him our best, the rest of the best to, to the rest of your family. And I hope you guys enjoy your day, but thank you again so much for joining the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. Merry Christmas to your family and look forward to seeing you guys soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Debbie. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, well, Sean, I, I really... <laughs> Look, man, I'm going to say this. We're going to get into the Peyton Bowen stuff, but I just want to compliment Debbie Odding and the Joe and Joe Odding and her family for a second because it has been such a lovely opportunity to be able to get to know them exclusively. Debbie is a great person. I've had her now for a separate interview. And I'm just so happy that she was able to join us today. And another exciting player, though, Sean, as we need to give the attention right now to Joe after the interview with with his mother. But Joe, I think, has a lot of potential in this class, and I'm excited to see how what he does as a member of Notre Dame. Nothing, Sean. You got nothing, man. Give me something, man. Give me something. Come on. I'm trying to compose myself right now. I feel you, brother. I feel you, man. You're muted, um, let me but... say something real quick. Yes. Props to Debbie Odding for stepping into that train wreck and just showing great class in this one, Sean, because she knew what that meant. Let's dive into it. Here's the deal. <laughs> Peyton Bowen last night, Notre Dame players had a, a commit chat, a Zoom chat. Everybody getting squared away. We were told by multiple sources Peyton was in it. His mom was in it. 
as of yesterday, last night, he had told all the Notre Dame kids he was coming. He was going to sign with Notre Dame. Today, everybody wakes up thinking he's going to sign with Notre Dame. And not only did he pick Oregon, Oklahoma didn't even have a hat on the table. And this kid's going to tell me, right, he's going to push back about the misinformation about it was about fit. Not about money. It was about fit. And we're all supposed to be naive enough to believe that. Right? Like, I'll just say this. I I had to step out to talk to some people. There are a lot of kids, a lot of parents, a lot of coaches that are really pissed off today because they were they feel they were flat out lied to. Why were you in the Zoom chat last night with the commits that was geared towards getting everything ready for signing day? Telling people that this was going to happen when you were you know, right, and then you have the you have the respect for this to put the Notre Dame hat on and then take it off and and sign with Oregon, a school that hasn't even been on you for all that long. You know what I mean? Like, there's a right way to do it. Keon Keeley showed us that. There's a wrong way to do it, and Peyton Bowen showed that today. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to paint it, my it, words. It, with let me, what, let me say this. Bring up the super chat real quick from Connor yeah. Grant. I always trusted you, Brian. You should have seen how pissed his mom looked. I was watching it the whole time. Yeah. And yeah, she did. She did. Because what I, from my understanding, is his mom was under the impression as of last night he was picking Notre Dame. As as was the rest of the class. Yeah. So um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say this. You know, we try to be fair, Ryan, and getting to know these kids and, and take what they say and what their families say at face value. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm about to do a little something that might be a little bit left of what we're here for today. But the attack that was put on a certain person that's on this screen last week about their credibility and what they reported and the inaccuracy of it and the lack of courage of that individual to stand on what was obviously the truth at the time and to come back and to take the young men that were supposedly his brothers through this emotional BS in the last 12 hours. I don't want that type of character at Notre Dame. Yeah. I just don't. I don't care how talented you are. I yep. don't want that type of character at Notre Dame. I don't want that type of character on my football team. And it's not sour grapes. It's not sour grapes. Because this saga could have been ended last week. It's not sour grapes. It's not if sour that, grapes. If, if, that, so. if that was what you were about, you had the opportunity to tell Marcus Freeman to his face. To his face. And you chose the cowardly route. And you made an attempt to put my guy 
in a bad spot as if he was a liar. Right. So I, I, I appreciate, at least now we know that the story that was posted by this guy. I never is, backed down from that, by is, the way. It's now validated. As yeah. you shouldn't have. I, I, never, I, I never backed down from that. I, I, I said afterwards, I hold true to what I was told. And from what we were told is he had the in-home at Notre Dame. Notre Dame had to beg him to have the in-home. By the end of that in-home, things were looking better. But they still felt Notre Dame still felt coming out of that in-home. It was night. It was like I was told 2% chance he, he comes to Notre Dame. It was Peyton that got everybody back to riled up thinking he was coming. As of last Friday, folks, we were done. It was over. It, they're not getting paint and bone. We had all chalked it up. They're not getting paint and bone. It was his words to other Notre Dame commits, not like I'm thinking about it, but it, that it was done. As of last night, Sean, we talked to probably, what, nine, ten different people last night yeah. after the Zoom chat? Because this is why we didn't put anything on the board last night till much later after everybody else. Because, I mean, everybody was reporting that this is the way it was going. Why? Because that's what he was telling people. And that's that's the, the fact is, you. this is what I've always said. Keon Keeley is a kid I'll – always root for because you may not like Keon's decision, but Keon did it the right way. He was honest. As soon as he started having, he started having second thoughts. He talked to the staff about it. He gave them a chance to pitch it. But when he walked away, he walked away like a man. Appreciate y'all. He reached out to me after he decommitted from Notre Dame and said, Hey, I just want to thank you for being fair, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and just, and he's reached, he's been in touch since then. He is a kid to me that, um, did it the He's, right way. He he went yeah. a different path than I would have hoped he would have gone down. And and what everybody in his chat would have hoped he would have gone down, but he did it the right way. Right? To do it this way, it just shows an abs and, and I try not to kind of I try not to hammer these kids, but I'm sorry. This was about as classless of a way of doing your and I don't care if you picked Oregon. We no. as of Friday, we thought he was gonna go somewhere else. Our intel was what? What was the intel that got pushed back on? Oregon came in with a big offer. Yep. Oregon wasn't even in the conversation for a long time, right? He went on to visit months ago. They weren't in this conversation. So what was it? And then all the OU reporters start talking about how they're trading barbs or they're trading um, uh, basically offers. What are those offers that they're, they're trading? What were the offers that Oregon and Oklahoma were trading? That the Oklahoma people who said those reports about the money he's getting are completely untrue. And then they kept talking about how Oklahoma and, and Oregon are trading haymakers. What haymakers? Starting jobs? Right? Going to live in a certain dorm? No, what are they? This is what it is. But be a man about it. That's the thing. Be a man about it. And that's the thing about this is um, this was... This again, I don't care about the choice, fellas. I care about the fact yeah. that he flat out looked his, you know, he looked kid, other kids in the eyes and told him something that just for no reason. He true. didn't have to. But he didn't can, have to. Can I can I say this real quick too? Because you know, I mean, I am like as far as not passing judgment on people and such like i don't do that right like i don't call kids names and do all that type of stuff i'm not that dude 
I'll I'll say this, man. This move, how he did it, everything. It's a fraud. He's a fraud. It is what it is, man. I don't care if people push back and call me whatever for saying that either. Kid's a fraud. He's a fraud. You looked your coaches in the eyes, like Sean said on the home visit. You looked at your. We know that they had a Zoom meeting last night, and Peyton was in that Zoom meeting. Afterwards, we checked in with players to see how everything went, and they said, "Oh yeah, he's in. He's fully in. Feel great about it, right?" And then you come in today, and you have the opportunity to put everything to bed and do all type of stuff. And you played the game, man. He played the game and it was a fraudulent move on his part. So is what it is. I'm, I'm sorry that it had to be like this. I'm sorry that it ended up like this. And I'm more sorry for every Notre Dame commit that should be spending the day celebrating this. And now has to deal with this BS. That is what I am most sad about because that is could have went a completely different way, man. Last week, you could have done this, sir. Last night, you could have done this. Instead of the day that means so much to all these kids and all these parents and all these people that have helped these kids get to this point, now we have to spend time talking about this BS. That's what we're at. And it's so disrespectful, man. It's fraud. I don't care. It's a fraud move. He's a fraud for it. Whatever. I feel bad for these commits, man. Yeah. So bad. So bad. I feel bad for these commits. guys. I mean, can we be – look, I don't know if I'm going to say fraud, whatever the case may be. Um, but Sean, it was, it was, he, he just, he, he lied. He, you know, he, you're going to tell me he changed his mind in the last five hours. Maybe. No, I don't, offer, I don't, so the, the Oregon offer changed probably. Yeah. But look, once again, this is just validation that Irish breakdown message board. You need to be on it. Intel is top notch. Best in the biz. And Peyton Bourne just validated probably the biggest piece of information that was posted last week on the message board. Yeah. You can't, you can't tell is. me, you can't tell me about it's about relationships and you pick Oregon today. You can't tell me it's about relationships. You can't tell me it's oh. about the coaches. You can't tell me it's about the other commits in the class. You don't know those guys. You don't. Oregon just came in super late. You don't know the kids like you know the Oklahoma kids, obviously like the Notre Dame commits. You don't know them, man. You don't know them. You can't tell me this is about relationships right now and the best fit for you. We know what this was about. And it's so unfortunate that we have to spend so much time talking about this because someone said in the chat, 24 other great kids who have a lot, most of them have spent time today talking with us about their commitment. Now I have to deal with this. That's all they're going to hear instead of right. enjoying their moment. And I just – I feel so bad for that, man. I really do. I, I just so had bad. a dad like, hey, can you call me? And he was like, hey, I'm getting ready to go to my kid's ceremony, but I want to talk about what just happened. And they were floored because, again, they were told he was coming. I, I, I think some people around him were not necessarily told the truth either, but I don't want to get too much into that because I don't know that for a fact. That's my opinion. What I know for a fact, however, is that as of last night, he was telling people he was coming. So that's that's, that's the that's the corny part, right? That's the corny part. Like just because the day after all of the hubbub about I just dated myself with that. That sounded like something my grandfather would say hubbub. But <laughs> after everything was talked about concerning this news that broke about him last week, like all I heard was, "Well, he came out and said this." And when he came out and said it on social media, we knew it was BS then. Right. 
we knew it was BS then. Yeah. He's a spin doctor. He just didn't want to look bad in the situation. That's what it comes down to. He didn't, he didn't want to look bad. He didn't want, are you saying like he didn't want to? He didn't want to um, look kids in the face and say that he wasn't coming. So you think this is kind of what he knew what he was going to do? Uh, it goes back to what I said, right? I don't know if you were on the show. I think you said you watched the show, and I think Malik Zaire asked me like Sean, you, like if you were in that position, what do you think you would do? And I broke it down. I said, look, I said, look, my dad would probably be very intrigued in the offer, right? I said, my mom would flat out say, no, you gave that school your word. That's what you're going to do. And I said, my little brother would probably be so excited for the shoes that he would be amped. I said, but the one thing my dad would tell me is that you're going to look that coaching staff in the face and tell them the truth about your decision. Right. We're not about to coax this or PR this into something else. Yeah. If you want to leave for the money, go tell that coach that that's the reason you're leaving. Right. That's what, or that's how the situation should have been handled. And that's what he didn't have the courage enough to do in this situation. Yeah. That's all that and it could have been very simple. Notre Dame would have said, okay, walked away. And he could have had a ceremony without being disrespectful with picking up the hat. Yeah. He could have just had the Oregon hat up there with the Oklahoma hat and made his decision. So I'm gonna bring up a couple super chats here, fellas, and we're gonna move on because I'm gonna take we're gonna take some advice of someone who just left us a super chat. But I just want to see this right here, real quick from Nick Lane. His dad was super happy though. The difference in reaction from his parents was was clearly visible. I don't know if you, Sean, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it live. Did you see that as well? The different, <laughs> like people were shocked when he put the. I've never seen people react that way when a kid put a hat down. Like they were like, <gasps> like shocked that he did that. Um, thank you for the super chat, very very much, Nick. Michael Rudiger, I can't believe he did that to his mom. Not even the fact he signed with Oregon, but genuinely shocking and breaking your mom's heart. Terrible. I don't know if he did that or not. She looked surprised. I don't know about breaking her oh, heart. Oh, she had no clue. She had no clue. She had no clue. Yeah. The other side of the table definitely kept the information from her. Yeah. Um, Carlton Butler. Carlton Butler. Intentionally nasty. Poor show of character. Thank you for the super chat, Carlton. Absolutely. Absolutely appreciate that. And then uh, Jason War- Warnock says, this is only about Peyton if we and you guys make it about him. Let's celebrate what Notre Dame does have because we have to be a happy, uh, a lot to be happy about. Jason, a couple things. Number one is this needs to be addressed. We can't ignore it, right? I mean, we have to discuss it. It's a, it's news. It's newsworthy. We're going to share our opinion. But I, but I also, I also, and I don't think Jason's saying not to talk about it, but I also don't want to let this to completely take over the rest of the show because we just had a mom step on in the midst of that chaos and step up and show just with her Irish shirt on step up and show class. We had, we've had kids on that want to be a part of this championship climb mm-hmm. and we're going to have plenty to say about, I'm sure there's going to be a topic of conversation tonight, Sean, in our, uh, in our crossover show with you guys on lucky lefty, I'm sure, but let's, uh let's get back on track. And uh, talk about the kids that are in the class. And 
we had Debbie Otting on and I got, I got to tell you that lady impresses me every time she comes yes. on because she, uh, she's, she handled a lot. She handled that with grace, but you know, I, I think that the there's, I think her son continues to kind of get overlooked a little bit, Ryan, because of the mm-hmm. rankings and he jumped into the top 250 for a minute and then fell back out and all that kind of stuff. But you watch this senior film. He's got to he's got to be able to put on some weight. That's a bit of a question mark. But Notre Dame had him listed at six five on his on his thing. So um, he's he's taller than six two six three. But he is a really athletic kid. That yes. um, I had him fifth or fourth on the O line great rankings. Mm-hmm. I'll have my grades come out later today. I had him fourth based on his current grade. Yeah. But I had him pushing number two for the upside grade, right behind Sullivan Absher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kid has got some talent. There's no question about it. I mean, it was, it was really interesting to see the height because I remember when I talked to his head coach, Bill Arnolds, when he was making the commitments, and he talked a little bit about Joe's father, that is a former offensive lineman in college that was like six, he's like six, six, right? So he was talking about Joe might still have a growth spurt left. And because the immediate things you see on film and makes complete sense that he's also a standout basketball player is that he's a really nice athlete. He moves very well for an offensive lineman. He's a lighter kid right now. There's no doubt, but he plays physical and he can move. And yeah, he still needs to put on a a ton of weight. There's no doubt. But I mean, you even saw junior year, I would bet he was probably about 260 pounds. He looked closer to the 275 range this year. I think that he's a kid that, you know, if he gets in, to the college staff and he gets in there at around 280 plus pounds. I think that he could be a 295, 300 pound kid before it's all said and done, because I think he has that frame to put on weight, but he's another one of these high upside kids, Brian, right? Like he's a little bit of a projection. He's got a nice frame. He can definitely grow into it. There's no doubt about it, but it's, you know, what, what is it going to look like a couple years from now? You need to see how the body develops, but I mean, Sean, we talk about it all the time, man. Like there's some things that I call unteachables. You can't teach the athleticism he has. You can't teach the physicality he has. He has those qualities to him. And if he develops properly, I, again, man, I think that Joe Adi can be a really successful player at Notre Dame. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the center of the future for this team down the line. Yeah. No, and that's that's the thing, too, is getting him was important, too, because originally they were talking about Sam Pendleton being the center. I don't love Sam as this as a center. I, I like him more as an off the ball blocker because he's so physical and he's really good. Like he's that definition of that phone booth guy, you know, that guy that you just really want to come play in tight spaces. And and I I was impressed with how he improved this year as well, Sam Sam uh, Pendleton. But I I didn't love him as center, guys. Like I think he could play it, but I I think that he is is better as a guard. So having a kid like Joe Otting a year after getting Ashton Craig who also you project as a center now says, okay, we can obviously move Sam if he's our fifth best guy and center's the only spot that's open. Right. But it allows Sam to come in and immediately just kind of start working at guard, which is where I think his best spot is. So sometimes getting a kid doesn't just impact you for what he brings to the table, but also how, what he brings to the table then impacts kids around him. And I think that's a big part of it as well. So well, I think every time you have options too up front too, right, Brian? I mean, we've talked about it a ton. Like, I mean, there was a debate early on when Charles Jagasso was a junior between us that was like, you know, is he a right tackle? Is he a guard long term? And then he has the senior year he has, and it's like that might be your left tackle of the future, right? Like, you might not mm-hmm. have to play right tackle. So you have a kid with flexibility there. You have Sullivan Absher, who I maintain 
yeah, he could play right tackle, no doubt, but he could also be a really good guard potentially inside. Joe Wadding's a kid that needs to fill out, but he could be that center. You have um, Sam Pendleton, who's definitely more of a guard on the next level, but even he has experience playing right tackle. And Christopher Tarek has played right tackle, although he's going to fit inside as well. So you have flexibility, and you want to talk about how a class fits? I mean, I could take that five-star offensive line and I could say – or five offensive linemen in 2023, and I could say Charles Jagasaw, Sullivan Apture outside, Sam Pendleton, Christopher Tarek inside a guard, and then Joe at center. It fits. But the th- reason that it fits so well and seamlessly and it looks great on the hoof is because you have guys that can do a couple different things. So the fit could be a little bit different potentially, but you have guys that I think can do multiple things, which – get the best five on the field you have to have guys that can fit into uh, to multiple spots sometimes and I think that's what you have in this class which makes it a very interesting proposition especially working with a guy like Harry Eastland yeah no doubt no doubt Ryan I gotta ask you this or Sean I'm gonna ask you this like I'm doing my rankings last night and it was kind of funny because Charles Jagasaw is my number one player in the class um he he was well. He's number one on offense. He was going to be number two overall if they landed Peyton Bowen, but he is my number one class, kid in the class now. But then, like, there's a bunch of skill, and then a kind of the old liner at the bottom, like Sam Pendleton, Joe Odding, and, and Christopher Tarek were like three of the four bottom guys, right? And I looked at it, and at first I was like, you know, I I I had some BKPTSD clicking in, right? Because I'm looking at the bottom of the rankings, and I'm like. But then I started looking, I was like, man, that just speaks volumes to how good this offensive class is. And this is exactly why this offensive class is why we tell people, let it play out. Right. Because like about nine months ago, we had a lot of people kind of panicking about how the defense was loading up on kids and getting all these guys and the offense was falling behind. And he's just like, just let it play out. Right. Let's let, let's give Tommy a couple months of actually having guys that can recruit around him and see, See how it goes. And this offense, and they needed it, right? Like the, the, the offense especially needed the influx. Like the defense yeah. needed to have a good class, and they still had a very good defensive class. Is it as good as it could have been? Yeah, that'll be the storyline, right? What it could have been will be the storyline. But what it is is still a really good class. And, and you know, I, I literally graded out every kid as a four-star. I believe every kid on defense except for Preston Zinter is ranked as a top 250 kid by at least one service. And he was a top 250 kid at one point in time. And, and you know, every kid is graded out as a four-star by at least, I think, two different services. So it's a still a very good class. But Notre Dame needed an impactful offensive class. And they and they they certainly got it, guys. And, and and it but doing so while also loading up on a really good offensive line class is important, but here's the biggest thing for me, Sean. Harry Heastan is still attempting to kind of change the culture of the offensive line. And with the guys that are there now, it's just about getting them to learn new habits and all that kind of stuff. But what he's doing on the recruiting trails, he's recruiting to the culture he wants. Every single kid that they landed, you're like, this kid is a pancake machine. Even Joe Odding, who's like 260, is a kid that just mulls people. Yeah. And I think that's the most noticeable thing. You know, you know, he looks tackle types and all this kind of stuff. But that cat is recruiting guys that are just like bullies on the field. And I mean that in the nicest possible manner, Sean. And I think that is that's so important. You've said this all the time. you got to recruit to your culture. Yeah. And I don't think anybody in this on the staff, yeah. and they, they all did some good things, but nobody on the staff recruited to the culture the way that Harry Heastan did with his offensive line. Yo, 
we heard another offensive lineman talk about film session and conversation about their game with Harry Eastman. We, we heard it here today on this show. It was one of the main things that raised Notre Dame above Michigan for Charles Jagasaw, mm-hmm. Harry Heastan. And every time I'm talking about these kids would come in for game day visits and be on the field and Harry sitting there talking about what he saw in their film mm-hmm. and what he wants them to go back home and work on. And most people would think some kids would be like, see, I don't believe in this. The best players want to be coached. I'm a firm believer in that. Like, great players love being critiqued and coached. Mm-hmm. They love it. They love the challenge. And he's a very challenging coach. And you can hear, look, you've heard stories about guys that have been coached by Harry Heastan that initially didn't really, I guess, I don't want to say didn't get along, but just kind of didn't flow with his style of coaching. But then they quickly realized how beneficial it was to listen to that man and buy into what he's saying because he knows what he's talking about. So I agree with you. Whether it's Sullivan Absher, Sam Pendleton, or Audie, you're looking at guy, Tom Lemon mentioned this as well. The focus of, I have enough tackle types. Let me focus on getting some interior, true interior linemen in recruiting so that I can get these guys ready very quickly and get them on the field. And don't think it's strange that we're already hearing about Billy Shrout right. in, bowl, in bowl preparation. It's not strange. And he didn't just get good all of a sudden. Right. By the middle of the season, you, I guarantee in practices he started making improvements and you started to see what was to be next for him moving forward. So, look, he might not be the best recruiter out there. But, Ryan, you can talk about this, both of you guys, right, as coaches and guys that watch film. When you recruit to your culture, it helps in the evaluation. When you go into the tape knowing what you want to see, not just looking saying, man, let me see if this kid can play. But, no, you know the traits that you're looking for, and you cut on the tape and you see those traits. It doesn't matter if you're a five-star, four-star, three-star. You see the traits, you can coach it. Harry he stands no, he knows what he can coach. And when he sees yeah. it, he gets it. I mean, that's well, it's a great note too, Sean, because I would say, you know, no high school player is a finished product, right? Like that's not a right. possible thing. But offensive line is one, especially where usually guys are playing when they're true freshmen, you know, mm-hmm. usually guys need kind of that year to develop acclimates, technical work, all that great stuff. And I think that for Harry Heastan, again, I, I mentioned this when Tom Lemming was on, I'm going to trust his evaluation on some of the under-the-radar guys that they bring in, right? Some of the guys that are maybe more raw players that aren't going to be high-floor-type dudes because you understand that for offensive line development, it's kind of a long haul, right? Like there's some of these guys that won't play until they're juniors in college, right? Third-year, fourth-year guys, and that's fine because they are the ones that need to add weight, add strength, develop from a technical perspective, and grow into their bodies. So I think that understanding the traits for offensive linemen is especially important 
in this regard for the development and the identification process because Harry Heastan knows what he needs to be successful. He's done it at Notre Dame at a high level, obviously. So I'm going to trust his evaluation. If he tells me Joe Wadding has everything that he needs in order to be successful, if he tells me mm-hmm. Christopher Tarek has everything he needs to be successful, then I'm going to take his word for it. Because all those guys, although those guys may not play in 2023, down the line, if they're developed properly, you have to like their opportunity to develop under Coach East fans. Yeah, no doubt. I just, I just love the the story that that Sullivan Absher shared. I loved because it, it's two things. Number one is like he said, like there's no. There's no bells and whistles with Harry Easton. <laughs> it's just, but it's also, it's almost kind of like Sean. It's it's almost like a test. Like, look, Harry's just not some clueless old, you know, grumpy guy that just likes criticizing high school kids on film, right? It's a test. Do you want me to come? Do you do if I need to, you know, make you feel special and tell you how great you are during the recruiting process? You're gonna be real miserable when you get to my when you get to my campus me real miserable because that's not how it is. I need to know that you can take criticism now because if you can't take it now, then you're not going to be able to take it when I get you here. But if you can take it now, you're definitely going to take it here when you get here, because as Solomon after said, like, yeah, you could tell the way he said it, Ryan, and he was a little bit taken aback by it. He's like, wow, like this guy's. And then it had to sink in why Harry was doing that and why it mattered. And then the fact that he bought into that is like, okay, that's why that kid is coming to Notre Dame. And that's why that kid's going to have a chance to thrive because Harry is doing that. He's not telling these kids, Hey, you're wonderful. You're the greatest thing ever. You know, like some, some of the more, maybe the highly ranked guys, maybe in some instances, although Charles Jackson is very highly ranked. And, and to say, you know, like I need that kind of kid. I need that kind of mentality. I need that kind of kid that's willing to, to take that kind of coaching. Those are the kind of kids I'm going to win with, and I, I love you know I, I love it. It's a it's a fun balance too, isn't it? Because I mean, I think of like Sullivan that we just had on, but even conversations with Sam Pendleton and a couple of the other offensive linemen in the class. I know Sean's gotten to know Charles Jagasaw to a very you know high degree, and they all seem to me that they all have tough skin, but in different ways, you know, and they kind of show it differently, like. Sullivan to me, Brian, I mean, every video I've ever seen of him, every opportunity to talk to him, him on the show today, he's like a very fun loving kid, but you can tell that he wants people to be hard on him, which is a a fun balance, right? Because there's some kids that don't take the coaching. Well, they don't take the criticism and they take that stuff very negatively. But I think as an offensive lineman, they're, they're an interesting breed, man, just in general, because they're, they're a position where you don't get a lot of glory. You don't. And Sullivan talked about that. You have to just mm-hmm. genuinely love to be coached, genuinely love to get better, genuinely love to play ball. And I think that that's consistent with what they have. So it's a really interesting balance to see guys like that who have a deep love for the game. And I think that's why you don't usually see offensive linemen flip during this yeah. process, right? Like it doesn't happen a ton because they're bought in and they just want to be better and, and work and that's mm-hmm. what you're seeing right now with with guys like Sullivan Absher and Sam Pendleton and Charles Jagasaw and this group that they're workers and they want to be coached hard. They want to be coached to the highest degree. And nothing – it seems like for most of them, it doesn't really get to them, the criticism, the hard coaching. And I think that's why they are going to be a good group at Notre Dame because they can take that coaching and they they love it. You know, They love the game, which is just something that you can't, you can't fake, man. At the end of the day, if you don't love the game – Eventually, it's going to kind of die for you, and I don't think it's going to die for them. Yeah. Uh, 
we got to change it back to Peyton Bowen real quick. Just a little bit oh, of news. Great. Okay. Uh, Hayes Fawcett just tweeted out, just spoke mm-hmm. five-star safety Peyton Bowen about his decision. He said, I don't know where I, I didn't know where I was going until the last second, right before I picked up the hat. I was debating it the whole time. Like, bro, just freaking be honest for once. Yeah. Like that, that's just bull crap. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's bull crap. Yeah. Be, like Sean said, it, own it. Own it. Own the reasons why you picked it. I think the respect he'd be getting right now, like, look, man, I'm just going to say something hypothetically just to make a point. I'm not saying this happened. So so please understand what I'm saying. I'll, I'll use myself. Okay, if I'm about to commit to a school, right, and a school comes up and offers me and says, hey, we're going to offer you $5 million to come play for us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, that's just that, – that, you know, I make the decision that's just money I can't turn down. Like – be honest about it because I think the respect that I would have for someone that would do that would be much greater. Like, Hey, you're being honest about why you're doing what you're doing. Don't do something. It's obvious to all of us. We know why you're doing it and then try to tell us, but it's not really why I'm doing it. It's like, I'll always, I'll always remember this round. I use this example every time when Alex Rodriguez played for the Mariners and they were like best team in baseball. I mean, they, they couldn't win the world series, but like every year they were like a hundred win team. Mm-hmm. And then he signs with the Rangers, who like were the arguably one of the five worst teams in baseball the year before. And he's like, it's not about the money. Yeah, it is. And it's okay <laughs> if it is, bro. They offered you an ins- – like, that was life-changing money. What A-Rod yeah. got offered was life-changing money. It was like $200 million, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, so so that's different. But, like, just own it. I'll respect you if you own it. Be a man and own it. And that's the thing is, like, don't just keep trying to tell me Something that we all know is just flat out not true. I mean, I mean, Brian, it's like this, right? If 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 you're working for someone, right, and let's because you, you used to be at BGI, right? So yeah. BGI, for instance, when you were working there, if another company came in and was like, "Hey, man, we'll offer you double your salary," would you consider it? Well, no. I mean, I did that when I was at Irish Sports Daily, right? I mean, right. like, look, the reason there was a lot of reasons I left Irish Sports Daily, right? Mm-hmm. And and and. Some I could have used some different excuses when I told my boss at the time I was leaving, but mm-hmm. it, it came down to it is I was offered a package that was significantly greater than the one he had, and it was going to be something that was going to be much better for myself and my wife. Sure. And so I made that move in the off season, went mm-hmm. to my boss, and I didn't even give him a, a chance to counter because number one I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even if he matched it I wouldn't have taken it because I it was a miserable working environment, yeah. but. The reality is, is like you, you step up and you say, hey, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. And and own it. I did that. We all we all make decisions that are based on money. It's OK to do that. Well, that's what I'm that's saying. What's important to you. But just like Sean, you said it, man. Just stand on that. Be a man about it. Own it. I, I, it's OK. I'll accept. I'm like, hey, look, man, guys, he he felt that that money is something him and his family needed. That is what it is, you know. Yeah. But something else I said last week, fellas, this has been more impactful on the parents than it has been on the kids. Yeah. It's, I don't shake my head at kids being thrown a lot of money. Of course they don't know how to handle the situation. I wouldn't have. (laughs) How about, how about having a little guidance? Right. Well, Sean, that's the challenge is when you clearly have two different you're you're being tugged in two different directions by the people closest to you. 
Well, I mean, and it's not even just the parents. It's also mm-hmm. the girlfriend, his best friend, you know, all these different aspects of it. And I, um, I would have been more. It, go ahead, Brian. So I was just going to say, Brian, I would have been more accepting of this whole thing if he would have just picked Oklahoma, if I'm being honest. I think him picking Oregon even proved the point further, uh, in my opinion. It, it proved the so. point. I'm actually glad if he's not going to go to Notre Dame, I'm actually glad this is the way it went because Oklahoma was so dirty during this whole recruitment. The guys that cover Oklahoma were so shady during this entire recruitment. I'm almost kind of like, I'm glad they didn't necessarily win it in the end. Go to Oregon. I don't care about Oregon. They're relevant to me. Go play at 10.30 p.m. every Saturday night. Fine, whatever. You know, I don't care. You know, like, take the money and go be obscure. I really I really don't care. But I just, I got a little bit, that's the only little bit of glimmer of like, I think, and I think I told you this last week, Ryan, when it all went down, I said, I actually hope he does pick Oregon. Um, and should I, should I be honest about what you told me, Ryan, at the time? Can I, can I say that about where you hoped he didn't go or would yeah. you rather me not say that? Go for it. Yeah. Sean Ryan at the time told me, he goes, I actually don't want him to pick Notre Dame. Cause he's like the way that this is all going down. Like, is this really the kind of mentality that, that you really are going to, gonna win with is he gonna be bought in if he's not starting as a freshman is he gonna is he gonna is he gonna leave if he has a great freshman year is he gonna get back in the portal for another another jump at the bag you know so yeah i mean right that's what ryan told me last week it's like i actually don't want to pick notre dame and i was like well i still want to pick notre dame because he's really down right right and what him picking notre dame would mean that he did value the things that are important in notre dame clearly he didn't and and again that's okay that's okay. It is there is nothing wrong in my view if a kid and his family sit down and make the decision this is why I'm going to another school. Like Keon, I don't agree with Keon. It's not the counsel I would have given him. But you can disagree with the decision and still care about the person and respect the manner in which they went about that decision. Right? There are things I've done in my life my dad hasn't agreed with me on, but he he and I talked about it. I explained to him why I was making the decision I made, and he respected it. Didn't didn't mean he still agreed with me, Sean. It just means he understood it because he made me go to his face like a man and explain to him why I was doing what I was doing. Exactly. And then exactly. Oh. It's it's look. You still have to <laughs> look, man. I said this last week. Look, if there's one person you don't do this to is Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Marcus Freeman and his staff have been overly transparent within this recruiting site. Okay, real quick, guys. I need to interrupt here. We have some breaking news. Notre Dame has landed a commitment from Virginia Tech transfer wide receiver uh, Caleb Smith. So he just announced that he is uh, signing with Notre Dame. And um, yeah, so there, there we go. So he has he has committed to Notre Dame. Uh, nice. This is something that we expected. Nice. I have a story actually here about him that I need to go publish. So Brian, real quick, I know you've studied this kid's film. Can yep. we talk about uh, what you see from from Caleb Smith? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Caleb's an interesting player. I actually reached out to someone close to the Virginia Tech side of things, just asking about their opinion on him. And uh, some of the things that they told me was he's a really great kid, hard worker, like all those tangible things, the intangibles, I should say, that you you like. But 
He's 6'2", 222 pounds, and I was told that he has an incredible catch radius, really good ball skills, and he's a little more fast than you would maybe anticipate. He kind of sneaks up on you as far as build-up speed. So I think that he's a nice kid for Notre Dame, and he was productive last year for Virginia Tech, over 600 yards, average a nice yards per catch type of player as well. So he's, I think he brings you some of the same dynamics you get with Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey in the sense that they're bigger bodies. They can win outside. They can kind of threaten vertically. And I think that he's a good get for Notre Dame because he also has the 220 plus pound frame where if you need some reps from the play in in the slot as more of a, you know, big slot type, I think he could do those things. So I, I think it's a tremendous pickup for Notre Dame. It gives them a, productive veteran receiver to come in with the younger guys that I think if he ends up being a guy for you, like a substantial player. Awesome. If he doesn't, and he's just a depth piece for you, maybe he's your third or fourth receiver, then you're in a really good spot. Right? So I think this is a low risk, high reward type of player for me for Notre Dame. And I think that it's a really nice pickup for Notre Dame to, this is an extension of the four-man class that Notre was able to sign today yeah. to get a grad transfer that's a really talented player in Caleb Smith. Well, and here's the here's the conversation that I had with some sources about why they were going after him, just trying to understand it. You know, hey, was it about a lack of uh, was it about a lack of confidence in some of the guys in the class? Is it about guys coming back? Is it about somebody leaving? And it was it was none of those things. The comment was basically like, "Look, we want competition, we want depth, and the one thing." That this class, that this receiving class doesn't have, is a lot of experience and leadership coming back. You got kids trying to still learn to play the game. This is a kid who was a team captain at Virginia Tech last year. So uh, you're not just adding a Ryan. To your point, you're not just adding a guy that is a good football player and productive and all that. And he has he's not super productive. He's not a guy that's like racked up like millions of yards. He's a good football player uh, that is going to bring value to what you're what you're trying to do. So. You know, to me, it's one of those things, Ryan, guys, where you're, you're, you need that leadership aspect, too. And I think yes. that's the big thing that that he brings to the table is the, the leadership aspect and the experience aspect. So my understanding is he was not told he was going to start. He was not told he was going to be the guy. None of those things. He's going to have to come in and compete. And if he's one of the best guys, he's going to play. If he's not, then he's going to be count. He's going to be expected to be a leader of this group. And that's what he brings to the table. So. Uh, definitely a good pickup for Notre Dame in my view, especially knowing the the process of what they're looking for. Because, like, look, when they landed Ben Skoranek a couple years ago, I was like, I don't know about this. He's coming off an injury. He hadn't been, like, mm-hmm. super, super productive. And Ben ended up being a pretty darn good football player for Notre Dame. And now, now Caleb's walking into a much different situation because um, he's walking into a much better depth chart than uh, yes. what um, – than what uh, Ben Skoranek was was walking into, you know what I mean. So definitely a different deal there. So. And, and he's and he's a bigger wide receiver too, Brian, who's played special teams a lot for Virginia Tech as well. So maybe yeah. he gives you some impact on that side of yeah. thing from a coverage unit perspective. Like again, this is a low risk, high reward type yeah. of signing for Notre Dame. I think it's it's awesome if he's a really good player. It's awesome if he's just a good to solid player. Like right. it doesn't. It's it's not a. This wasn't a massive need from a talent perspective. This is a need from a depth yeah, perspective. You want right. to bring in another guy, which is great. And he's a guy that's been through the ringer. He's been a veteran. Yeah. He is a captain. Like he has all those tan- intangibles. And I know someone said Caleb's. So there's going to be two Caleb Smiths playing wide receiver. And someone's like, how can you differentiate? Well, one's 5'11, 170. The other one's 6'2, 222. So there, it's, yeah. it's going to be pretty easy to see the difference, I think. 
Yes. Uh, also want to uh, bring up something too, Ryan, is uh, another bit of information. And we're going to have Sam Pendleton here with us in a second. So when, once Sam's ready to rock and roll, we will be ready to rock and roll with Sam. I can't wait for this one. Uh, we were talking about Sam earlier, but uh, Luke Talich has announced that he is going to play at Notre Dame. Means I, I believe he is going to be a walk-on still. I, I, he says committed. Uh, I got to find out from sources if that is a walk-on situation or not. Uh, but um, um, I perhaps a you know I, I'm I maybe he took uh, the spot from uh, that Bowen Bowen vacated. But I, my, the understanding was always that he was going to be a kid that was a walk-on. So um, and Brian and Brian, the good news is that we may have Luke Talich on to tell us firsthand great. here soon, which is great. 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 So that'll be, that'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's another bit of good news. Luke Talich and Ryan, you've talked about this. We talked about this yesterday during a, during a mailbag. That kid, Washington state, I believe offered, correct? Washington state, Utah have all offered him. I think Oregon state may have offered as well. An offer from the PAC 12 champs to come walk on at Notre Dame, potentially walk on at Notre Dame. And I knew it was going to happen this morning, Brian, because I I've been talking to him a bunch of bunch over the last week because I knew he Thanks had. Thanks for a the heads up on that, there, Chief. Well, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I knew he had a tough decision to make. And I actually saw his I saw his dad's Twitter though this morning. I didn't I didn't I didn't know he had a Twitter. And his dad had a uh, had the background that was Notre Dame, like the, awesome. the play like a champion sign in the background. Yeah. So, but the point yeah. is, this kid's a good football player. Yes, he is. That is coming to Notre Dame. I remember when the kid was when you first talked to the kid about you know he was going to come visit and all that kind of stuff you were like brian this this kid's a walk-on but this kid can play yeah man. this kid's a really good football player I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a if he's not a scholarship player now i'm sure he's i wouldn't be surprised if he's a scholarship player pretty soon into his career man i mean the kid's right. 6'3 185 he can play it's just he's coming from wyoming right like how many great players is he playing against in the state of wyoming right, right. like that's kind of the that's kind of the situation there but it's yep. going to be uh Yep, it's gonna be interesting to see though. Yep. So um so a couple bits of good news there. I there he is. There he is. Hey, you ready to roll? You good to go, buddy? So we'll have him, we'll have Sam here in a second. I think he's good, it looks like. All yep, right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the newest members of the Notre Dame football team, the offensive line heritage, is Sam Pendleton from Ronald Reagan High School. I just had to say that. Sorry. Uh ready to rock and roll, Sam. It's been a long journey for you, man. A really great story. But today you were able to make it official that you are signing with the University of Notre Dame. Yes, sir. We'll talk about it, man. What was this day like for you, Sam? What are you feeling right now? Yeah, I mean, today was just fantastic. You know, uh, it was just a really great opportunity for me to just solidify what I've said since April 25th. And um just, you know, just be a part of it now. Cause now I'm not just a commit or a recruit. Now I'm part of the team and part of the, part of that family. And I've seen that from every facet of social media and people who are fans and phone calls and text messages and, you know, everyone who came out to the signing. So, you know, it's just a really great feeling to be a part of it. You had a, I mean, what a, a year ago at this time, your offer list looked a whole lot different than, than what it ended when you finally picked Notre Dame, Sam. What was it about this process, this journey, uh, that really made it seem of? I mean, Florida, Michigan. You some. I mean, Michigan's won back to back Joe Moore awards, right? Uh, doing a great job there, building it. But you decided Notre Dame was the best place for you, Sam. What were the reasons that went into that decision? And then, 
I mean, there's there from what I can tell, there was never a wavering. It was just this is what I'm doing. It doesn't matter. What what was it that made Notre Dame the pick for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's I had a lot a lot of really you know prestigious offers and people that places are really attractive, but. You know, it's just Notre Dame has so much that I'm looking for all in one place and stability. Um, you know, I I couldn't have actually for a better situation to come into and be about be a part of. You know, Coach Freeman being a new head coach. You know, he's got he's got his years. I'm he hopefully he'll be here as long as I am. And um, you know, I have he has a really great foundation under him. And you know, and along with that, they have that tradition I was really looking for. I wanted to go somewhere where. It was so much more than just playing football on Saturdays. You know, it was it was so much more than just going to class. It meant something to the to the normal people. You know, not the not just the athletes, not just the alumni. It meant so much to the students that are just going there for school and the teachers and everyone around you. Notre Dame is really a school that you know is surrounded by athletics, but also embedded in tradition. So, you know, I'm just really looking forward to put on that gold helmet and just really represent what I believe in and what the school believes in. And uh, yeah, and um, yeah, like, and, you know, just to add a little, a little bit more, you know, like you mentioned on the Joe Moores, you know, you, you know, who the trophies are, is, is, is modeled after, you know, that was an offensive line. That was a Notre Dame offensive line. And not being many people know that, but I do, because I know the guy who knew Joe Moore, and, you know, that's Harry Heastan, you know, and he's, he's a big reason I'm there. So can't wait to go be around him. Well, and, and Sam, could you talk a little bit more about your relationship with Coach Eastan? Because I know obviously he's been instrumental in just paving this path and cementing your place in this class and, and cementing the vision for the offensive line moving forward. Right. Um, Coach Eastan is such a great person. You know, he's he never changes who he is to try to recruit or try to, you know, make someone like him or try to impress parents you know he's not he's not the guy who's going to put on a face just to be different than what he is you know he's who he is all the time 100 percent time you can ask anyone who knows him and i don't even know him that well and that just shows how much of a good person and like how well and full of integrity he has um everyone says that he is a bad recruiter everyone says that he struggles in that department but i i, I disagree you know coach Fran, uh coach he knows how to recruit offensive linemen you know he knows what's attractive to people that fit in Notre Dame. He's not just going to go recruit anybody. He's going to recruit someone who he thinks is going to fit what we're looking for and, you know, what fits his vision. You know, he shared that with me. And, uh, you know, that's just what cooked me hook, line, sinker, because they already had the tradition. They already had the stability. And then he just told me what what his plans were and what his plans are to develop me on and off the field, not just as a player. You know, he wants to develop you into the best man. He wants to be the guy who gets the phone call when you get married or the phone call when you had your first child or, the phone call when you're having a hard time because he's there for you all the time. And, you know, that really, you know, I talked to Quentin Nelson a little bit and some of the other alumni about how instrumental he's been outside of football in their life, you know, mm-hmm. and it just carries through whether you're in the NFL, whether you're in the business, whether you're in some other type of workforce, he's always going to be there for you. So yeah, that's a, yeah, he's yeah. a big reason I'm here. Well, Sam, can you give us a little bit of your your athletic background from a family perspective? Because I, I don't know if a lot of people know about you know, like your twin sister is going to play basketball at Lenore Ryan. I think I think if I remember correctly, right? So, give us a little background of, as far as just your family from an athletic perspective. Man, it seems like you come from a very athletic family with you know obviously high regard in whatever sport that they frequent. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, I, my my mom has been coaching basketball for twenty five years plus. You know, she's she played in high school. Um, could have gone, could have gone to college and played, but had struggled with injuries and, you know, how that is. But my dad, you know, he was the first player and first person in my family to ever go play a college sport. He went and play, played offensive line at William Mary. 
um, and really just influenced me, my game and my mindset from a young age. He coached me all until middle school. So, yeah, and the, you know, he's just been really supportive throughout this whole deal because he knows how college is. He knows how strong, how hard it's going to be, and the struggles of being a student athlete at a very um, school with lots of rigor. You know, because uh, William Mary is a really, really prestigious university. Um, you know, and you spoke about my sister. I have a twin sister. You know, she's six two. She's big. You know, she's. I I, I don't enjoy playing basketball against her. She's she's not very nice to me. Um, but no, yeah, she she's averaging a twenty point double double this year. She's balling out. She's going. She just signed November eighth or ninth, I believe, to go play at Lenore Ryan, and I couldn't be more proud. You know, her her work ethic. And everything she does, you know, she gets up at 6 a.m. and goes to the gym and lifts and runs and shoots back, shoots basketball until school. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just envy her so much. So I just am, I'm blessed to be in the situation I'm in and I uh, just can't wait to carry on that legacy. Yeah. Well, let me hear from your I obviously you can't give me the exact perspective, Sam, but I would love to hear if you could just give me this time right now for your parents, you know, being able to enjoy this moment with you, obviously, but having two kids that are going to play their respective sports at a very high level. I mean, I imagine that your parents are very proud throughout this process. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, they've always told us that they'd be proud of whatever we do, but you know, I think it's just a little extra, you know, like heart feel that your kids are actually going to go chase their dreams and what they've talked about doing growing up, you know, you re- they're actually doing it. And, uh, and I feel like they have a little bit of pride in themselves too, because they helped us get there, you know, cause without my parents, doing what they did, take me to camps, take me to visits. If I wouldn't have gone up on in the first, second week of April to Notre Dame, I wouldn't be going to Notre Dame. And that's all, that's all my parents, you know, they didn't have to take me there. They didn't have to spend the money to go and do that. And, um, you know, they did, and they did it without, without a blink of an eye. And I'm, I'm proud to call them my parents. And I think they're proud of what we've done. And I think they're proud of what we're going to do, especially, and especially what God's done in our life, because none of us could be here without him. So I'm super proud of, proud to be in this situation as well. All right, so you guys are talking football and academics, and we're always taking shots at God, which, you know, to comments at God, which I'm always about. You guys know that. But we are not discussing the most important thing, and that is, is that that Sam Pendleton was part of the greatest O-line photo shoot that I have seen on recruiting. <laughs> the Step Brothers pose with you and yes. Sullivan Hampshire was without question. The best part of this recruiting process for me, Sam, I got to know whose idea was that, man? This is the serious, this is the hard nitty gritty questions that we get into your nice breakdown, man. I, honestly, I don't really remember. I think it just happened organically because I sat okay. down and there was the chair there and I was like, dude, do you want to do the step bros picture? He was absolutely because <laughs> he's got that curly hair and he's, he's, you know, he's always smiling. Cowboy hat, rocking oh, a cowboy hat. And it was, yep. it was perfect. It was, it, it couldn't have been drawn up any better. Yeah, it's it's been it's been kind of our inside joke like throughout the entire process. So it's it's great. So that was your did we just become best friends moment? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Friends? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, he uh, after we did that, you know, we we stayed like a room apart during our official business. We were always in each other's rooms. And then this past weekend, this past week, I've been in South Carolina at the Shrine Bowl, mm-hmm. and he was there with me. And it was just like that all over again. And it was, it was so great. That's just how you know you have, you have a friend forever. Well, friend forever, but is there any competitiveness? Like, um, did you happen to let him know that you got one more vote from the coaches for first team all state from the sports writers, I should say, you know what I mean? Like you got nine of the 10 votes, you got eight. I mean, was there any like little, like, Hey, uh, you know, great job. Uh, you got one less vote than me, but I'm happy we're both on it. Was there <laughs> anything like that, uh, that happened in this week, Sam? 
There might have been, you know, I might have, I might have sent him a text or so, or it may, may, it may or may not have been a screenshot of okay. the votes. <laughs> but seriously, though, Sam, great honor, though, seriously, for, I mean, it's a, it's a great year for Lyman and state of North Carolina. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and the way the voting works is there's 10, 10 vote, 10 sports writers voted, right? And I believe the quarterback's the only one that got 10 out of 10, I, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, but you tied for the most, second most, with, with and obviously most of un- amongst alignment. So congratulations on that. Thanks. What was it like to kind of end your career with that kind of recognition? I mean, I know it's it's the season is about the team, the team, the team. But then you can take a step back in the offseason and kind of look back and be like, you know, wow, I went from, you know, a kid with a very limited offer list to now I'm a Notre Dame commit at the time and I'm first team all state and I'm getting this kind of recognition. I mean, is there a sense of like it was all worth it moment for you when when something like that happened, Sam? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was, you know, from a young, from, from ever since I started taking this series, eighth grade, my mom always told me I was going to live an hour in life. You know, it's not always going to be a popular decision to not go out and party or not go out and t- carry on instead of going to work out or going to study the playbook or, you know, watch film. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so blessed to be in the situation where I have earned these accolades and, um, you know, the work I've done has finally paid off. And it's just kind of like you said, it's kind of like one of those moments like, yeah, like this is, this is great because all the work I did, all the sweat and all the running, all the sucky workouts I did got me here. And, uh, you know, it's just something to build on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We were having this discussion earlier, Sam. We'll give you a chance to kind of comment on on what we had talked about. Uh, we kind of looked at like your future position. You were a tackle in high school. Mm-hmm. You know the center versus guard conversation, right? Have what? you guys had that conversation with Notre Dame? Did you guys talk about that while I was away by chance? Did you guys discuss no. that? Okay. When you look at it, do you have a kind of a preference, sort of the position you think you're going to fit best at? Was it tackle? Is it guard? Is it center? Has Notre Dame talked to you about kind of where you may go, or is it just like, look, dude, if you're one of the five best, we'll figure out a way to get you where you need to be. Right, right. Um, you know, that was a conversation I have with Coach Eastan on my official visit because that was, you know, we had a meeting one-on-one, no parents, just us. And uh, I think that the best place he sees me playing is guard. That's what he's told me. Um, but I told him, you know, he asked me if I could snap. He asked me if I can move side to side. And I told him, Coach, if you want me to play, if, if I have an opportunity to play, I'll play wherever you put me, whether it's whether it's fullback or whether it's center. You know, I'm going to play regardless because I'm not picky. You know, I'm 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 flexible. I can do. I can change my position. Like this past weekend, I played tackle, center, guard. You know, I, I I'm not I'm not going to moan about like where I'm playing because I'm playing ball. And that's what I tell people all the time. Like as long as I'm playing ball and doing what I love, it doesn't matter where you put me. But no, like like you like answer your question. Yeah, they they see me as a guard right now. Um, but that may transition to something different once sure. I get there. What's the difference between playing guard, tackle, and guard? You know what I mean? Because there's obviously a transition going from one. One's on an island, one's inside, and all that. But like Absolutely. for you, what are the things that are going to have to? Are there? What are the adjustments about your game you're going to have to make going from a guy that was a tackle uh, playing guard, or will there be any? Right. I mean, there's obviously going to be some kind of transition you're going to have to go through. I traditionally play a two point stance, and that's something I've, I've done for the past four years. And before that, I was strictly three. 
strictly interior. Um, you know, and then got to high school and played in the two point the entire year, my entire four years. So transition into that is not going to be the hard, I don't think it's going to be the hardest part. I think the mindset of blocking schemes is going to be a little difficult because, you know, at tackle, your main goal is don't get beat inside. Make sure you're, you're getting enough width in the pocket, all that compared to a guard. You're, you're controlling the depth of the pocket and pass pro. You're, you can't get pushed back into the, into the quarterback's face. You can't be the guy who's getting bull rushed. You know, you have to really sit on those guys instead of trying to brush them up the field. Um, you know, in the run game, you know, we're not solo washing down. We're double teams. We're coming off from backers. You have to have your eyes up a little more, I think. And um, just from a scheme standpoint, you know, you, you really have to – and especially and pulling too. But I didn't pull a lot as, as, as up until my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a totally different technique that I'm not used to. But I am – I can learn it, and that's yeah. no problem with me. I mean, I love pulling. What little bit of pulling I did this year I really love doing because, I mean, you're, you're flying wide open as someone who doesn't know you're coming. Yeah. And you got better at it. Your pad level got better as the year went on. Like I noticed that like you early in the year, you'd kind of come across a little bit high and then kind of dip and hit. But later in the year, I mean, it looked a lot more comfortable at it. It hits quicker when you're pulling from guard. I mean, you're a whole gap further inside. Right. Stuff hits quick. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something you have to get used to as well. Like it's in your face as soon as you turn, you know, you're not turning taking three steps and there you go. You got to get used to straining once you get that guy there too, because you're not going to have the three extra steps of inertia. No doubt. Well, Sam, can I ask you a little bit? Because I know that you had a teammate that I believe was going to Duke that was with you at the Shrine Bowl. I know you had another teammate, an offensive lineman. Is it Spencer Webb, I think is his name? Yes, sir. Who's going to play at a pretty high level as well. So you got to share this moment. You know, I know you're out of school already. You finished up enrolled early and you're going to do the enrolled early thing. But being able to share that moment with a couple of your teammates, I, I would assume had to be pretty special for you as well. It definitely was. You know, Spencer Webb is my best friend in the whole wide world. You know, I've been he 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 and I were in the same situation. Freshman year we moved into the same school and didn't know anybody. So that kind of just put us together. You know, we've been playing together for four years. Um, I've told people this all the time. We probably have the best chemistry of anyone I've ever played with. You know, I don't have to speak to him when we're playing ball. He knows what I'm thinking, I know what he's thinking. And uh, it was just really special to have that moment and, you know, just be like, well, this is this is it, man. Like, we're not playing high school ball anymore. Like, we're moving on to something bigger and better. And just being able to cherish that, especially and with Samaj as well. You know, I, I played against him. We make each other better every day in practice. He's he's one of the best competitors I ever play against um, in the weight room as well. You know, he's, he's my lifting partner, believe it or not. He's benching more than I am at 240. And it, it makes me upset, but it, it, it happens. And he's the guy who drives me to get better because – I can play beside my buddy and we can play together. But until you play against somebody who's at the same level or as you are, it's challenging you on the other side of the ball. I think that's what really helped me develop in the, in the end season. Interesting part, you know, talk about you had a family member pretty close to you that went through the recruiting process this year as well. Correct. Didn't your sister uh, go through the recruiting process as well? I got to say, we got to have your mom on one of these days. April's yeah. really active on Twitter. It's great mm-hmm. on Twitter. But I don't think people understand what it's like having one child that you need to drive around to go to on college visits. But to have two kind of going through the same time, um, I mean, how did you guys – I mean, as a family, like how did you guys handle that? Did you sit down and kind of go over <coughs> schedules? Like what was it like? And I believe your sister has since committed, correct? Yeah, she um, signed. Yep, she signed. Okay. Great. So congratulations to her. So, um, well, we, I won't ask you who the better athlete is. We'll just leave that one out there. Right. But what was that, what was that like for you guys as a family, just kind of with the two of you going through this process together? Yeah. I mean, that was definitely interesting. Um, at the, I'd say the least, uh, my mom has been the biggest 
supporter of everything we're doing because she wants the best for us. She wants us to chase our dreams. She wants us to do what God's called us to do in our life. And I feel like, and she's at, if we wanted, if we needed to go to a camp, if we needed to go to a visit, she's, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go do this for you because this is what you want to do in life. And I want to feed into that. And, you know, I, most of my recruiting trips were winter and uh, for fall games. So um, the good part about that was it wasn't in season for my sister to go on her recruiting trips. And she would always, I have a little brother. Um, she would watch him when we would go away for games or when we would go to a visit and uh, we would go and she would watch him for two or three days at a time. And I was, I'm so thankful for her. And then I turn around and do the same thing for her when they would go, because that's what you do. You know, that's what you do. If, if you love somebody and you want the best for them as well, because you know, my sister wants the best for me. And I know that, you know, especially being a twin, um, it just makes you closer and it makes you want, want the best for the other person, you know, and I'm so proud of her that she's doing what she, when she's doing, even though, you know, I'm going 11 hours away, we're still going to be close, even though she's an hour away from home, you know, I feel like she's going to do what she's doing there. And yeah, I mean, it was difficult going through that, but also she'd seen me go through it. You know, I was committed before she was, and she saw, you know, the, how to talk to coaches and the stuff I went through. So she didn't have to go through it. So I'm just, I'm super glad that, you know, we're at both have those opportunities. Now, did she, she's a basketball player too, right? Okay. Yes, cause I, cause I know yeah. she also plays volleyball, right? Also. No, she's, she's just, basketball. just a basketball player. Okay. So she's going to, uh, to play basketball. I'm, uh, now, see, that's the other thing too, Sam, is when you start playing and she's playing, then your parents kind of like, okay, which one of you is going to watch to watch Sam play? Luckily, you guys don't play in the, there's not much carryover as far as the two sports. So that'll be nice for your parents. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's I'm really glad that you guys got to kind of experience that together. That's a, a pretty cool, a pretty cool deal, too. So um, Sam, we're going we're gonna uh, let you go. We really appreciate you having have coming on, man. We enjoyed this thoroughly. We'll have to get you back on again, man. You did a great job. I've already got people in the chat saying that when you're done playing, I need to consider hiring you, which is uh, I'm going to have to, Sean and uh, Ryan are going to have to have a talk with that person who's saying that. It said, it's because you did a great job and we appreciate you. And, and you guys have all been on today, have represented this class of people who, who are in as part of this class and wanted to be a part of this class very well, man. And we appreciate you very much for joining us. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me on. I really appreciate yes, sir. it. Thanks, Enjoy your day, buddy. Congrats. So that's Sam Pendleton. Love There's some kid, good man. kids in this class, man. Like, literally, these kids are so personable, man. Isn't We're he just so – he's so well-spoken, too. Usually well, offensive it's, linemen it's, don't really just said it in the chat. He's like, all these kids are that way. Yes. You true, know, like uh, D- Devin was that way. Armel was that way. You know, all these kids are that way. Sullivan was that way. He was very well-spoken with the twang. But that's the funny because <laughs> they're both from Carolina, but Sam doesn't sound like he's from North Carolina. And Sullivan yeah. absolutely sounds like he's from North <laughs> Carolina. You know what I mean? It's just – but it is, it's a good group. It's a really, we had Don Schuler on. You've had yes. a chance to talk to a Don. He's a Don. We had an, a video, an, uh, we did an interview with a Don. Uh, or, you know, uh, Ryan, did you do it or did Sean do it? We had I Jeremiah did. Love on for a show. Yeah. Like all these kids are just really sharp kids. Yes. And uh, it's one of those common themes from a, a lot of the, the kids that are in this class is these are kids that have their heads on straight. And you understand why some of these kids turn down the money yes. and understand where they're going. And other kids, again, I don't care that they don't turn it down. It's just the way that they go about turning it down. Can, can, can I can I pull up one comment real quick, which I think is one of the greatest comments we've gotten all day? Of course. Uh, Michael Bryan said, Sam will be soon the CEO of IHOP for all the yummy pancakes will be delivered. I love yes. that, man. Well, the whole class, I, I tweeted about this a couple weeks ago. Remember when you and I were going through all the offensive line film, Ryan? 
Yeah. And I'm like, every single one of these kids is just like constantly pancaking people. So I was like, I tweeted out like IHOP needs to do like some sort of like NIL with Notre Dame's offensive line class because yes. it is insane the pancakes pancakes they're putting out there as, a, as just as and it's all of them. It's Joe Otting to Charles Jackson, all of them. You know, and um, I mean, Christopher Tarek's the lowest ranked kid in my class in the, in the whole class for me. And his film is filled with that. And Absolutely. he, Sean, you know this, he plays against good football. He's not playing against really, a bunch of scrubs. I mean, he plays really in a good, good league. Good league, yeah. really good competition. They were one of the most dominant teams out in the Western suburbs during the regular season and ended up getting tripped up in like the second round of the playoffs. You know, that's how competitive it is out there in that division and in the high school state playoffs. So this offensive line for me, and I think Ryan was very consistent in talking about this, like you literally have a starting five yep. that you can put out there. And, you know, for Sam to talk about, like, I played tackle guard center last week. Like, oh, word, just during one game? That's, <laughs> let me just go show everyone that I can play every position. You know, mm-hmm. it goes yeah. back once again to what you were talking about with Harry Heathstand previously, right? Do you like, did you ever have like someone in your family, like my grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, my great grandmother, uh, we would go travel down south to see her. I never saw her cook, never saw her cook, but somehow, some way, come three o'clock every day, they call it supper down south. Mm-hmm. But supper was ready at three o'clock and it would be like pies and cakes and biscuits. And I'm like, when did she cook this? Right. So I'm like, I've never got a chance to see how she does it. But once you see the outcome, it's like, do you really need to see? Do you really need to understand? So when we're talking about Harry. He's saying, you know, whether it's how he coaches his guys or how he instructs them or you know, the culture he tries to put into the room on and off the field or just the entire method to his madness. Like, it doesn't matter how he do it, does it. It doesn't matter what the recipe is. It just tastes good. And it's good to watch when you see it on Saturdays and when these young men hopefully go on to the next level and end up playing on Sundays or end up being successful in whatever, whatever area of life they choose to go into. And that's what, for me, listening to Sam Pendleton, Pendleton talk, that embodies everything concerning Notre Dame, Harry Heastan, and the community of the school. Like, he, as a recruit, just embodied, embodied everything that Notre Dame represents. Every single thing. And that is what makes Notre Dame special. Yeah, Like, it's just a special place. It's just a special place. And people that might feel like Notre Dame should go ahead and be illegal just like everybody else because they're doing it just to be able to say, oh, yeah, we're able to pull in top guys and this and that. No, no, the place is too special to sell it out. Speaking of how special it is, Sean, you know a place is special when you can convince a legitimate Power 5 athlete to say, you know what, I'm going to turn down scholarship offers to go play at Notre Dame. And that's exactly what happened with a couple kids that we're going to have on here real quick. Luke Talich and Jordan Faison. Fellas, welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Um, You guys 
today. I just, I'll, Ryan, I'm gonna let you take over because I love stories like this. I love kids that are legitimate Power Five athletes. Yes, that make decisions that not a lot of kids make. And I think we talked yesterday, guys. Uh, just to give you two a heads up, we talked yesterday about how a championship program truly needs a strong walk-on program because a strong walk-on program is means you got guys that are walking on that are scholarship caliber football players. <laughs> and that's absolutely – and if y'all want to know what these cats can do, go look up their huddle film. And for yes. Jordan, it's playing football or lacrosse. I mean, pick one. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then Luke, obviously, is an outstanding football player too, guys. But, uh, you know, Jordan, we'll, we'll start with you because obviously you made your decision first, man. But, like, what was it about – Notre Dame that made you say, Hey, this is, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. And I believe you're going to play two sports yes. at Notre Dame as well. Correct. Yes, sir. So I'll be playing uh, football and lacrosse, but both in Notre Dame, but uh, when at first in the recruiting process with lacrosse, cause lacrosse is so much earlier, I wasn't really thinking much of Notre Dame. I didn't really know, know much of it. And it was actually my second visit. So when I got up there, I saw the campus, saw the, the team, saw the students, everything, how everything just worked and it came and how it came together and like the familyhood. And that really attracted me along as well with the camp forces and, you know, everything that it came to offer. And then the big thing about Notre Dame was how, like, every college you see all these athletes going in, it's like, boom, four years, you're done. You're either professional or you're somewhere else. Notre Dame, it's the big 40-year thing that, you know, what you really look for and to be successful, successful later in life and uh, life after sports. I love it, man. I love it. And Luke, just kind of going now to your your side of things. So we were talking about you. I've been talking about you all week, man, because I'm like, this kid has legitimate Pac-12 offers. Like he has legitimate interest from some very impressive schools. And you ultimately end up deciding for Notre Dame as the PWO and to to earn your keep, I guess, so to speak. So talk me through your process a little bit and how you ended up picking the Irish, man. Yeah, uh, so I can't really tell you why, but Notre Dame has always been a dream of mine. Um, since I was a little kid, I've always loved Irish. I mean, you can look at my room right now, and it's all decked out. I've got, like, uh, stickers of Notre Dame stuff, and I've always dreamt of, of being there, and uh, I was I was lucky enough. My parents um, were able to take me out this summer to a camp to Notre Dame. It was their, their evaluation camp. Um, it was, like, June 1st, but uh, I got to see all the campus, see the facilities and things like that, and uh, – I just I just fell in love with it there too again and, uh, and then I was lucky enough again to come out to a visit uh, against Boston College um, and then I got to see like the game day atmosphere and that was insane um, <laughs> and so yeah I mean it came down to the I mean I don't I don't want to live a life of regret and so I think Notre Dame gives me if I would have gone anywhere else I would have had a regret that I would have had an opportunity to play at Notre Dame so I, I thought that I'd just take it and I'm gonna give it a shot so yeah that's that's where that's where my decision came from. Well, and Luke, I, I think I came across your dad's Twitter earlier today, and he had the Notre Dame background already as the play like a champion sign in the background. So I was like, oh, I wonder where Luke's going to go today, right? And uh, just, I guess, maybe about this experience with your family as well. It seems like your parents are very supportive, obviously, of making this decision. What's this day been like just for the whole family in general? Oh, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a, kind of a, emotional a little bit just because yeah. I have a I have an older brother at the University of Wyoming my dad played at the University of Wyoming my my uncle played there my cousin is there I have a whole like family legacy at the University of Wyoming and so I know my brother uh really wanted me to come to Wyoming and I think and in my heart I'll always be a Wyoming cowboy and uh, I'll always have that to fall back on but um uh, I, I don't know I feel like when you have an opportunity to go to a school like Notre Dame and uh you have a chance to be a part of that then you gotta you gotta take advantage of it so that's why that's why i made my decision 
Oh, I mean, obviously your film is, is tremendous, you know, stuff the stat sheet type of player. You do a little bit of everything for your high school. And Jordan, you do the same thing though, man. I mean, I'm looking yeah, at see, you playing. See, you, you, you go to Luke first with the love because you're a defensive guy. All right. I'm going to chat with my <laughs> offensive brother down here. Okay. Uh, because I was a quarterback and a wide receiver, Jordan. So I'm just messing with you, Luke. We're, we're having some fun today. Jordan, right. I want to talk to you because I think it's fascinating. Um, I think it's fascinating to like lacrosse is such a, a unique sport because I mean, I grew up, I never heard of lacrosse. So I moved to Virginia beach in high school and then like everybody played lacrosse. And then I went to a college uh, that like won a bunch of championships in lacrosse Salisbury university. And someone's like, what is this lacrosse stuff? And the more I've watched it, I, I'm impressed by how much athletic carryover there is between lacrosse and football, the conditioning level, it's a physical game. That's why y'all, I mean, they're smaller, but you have to wear shoulder pads. It's not like baseball and, and, and basketball. Um, how do those two sports build on each other to like, you know, how does football help you be a better lacrosse? It may not. I'm, I'm kind of leading here a little bit. I shouldn't do that. Does playing football help make you better lacrosse player? Does playing lacrosse make you a better football player? Yeah, they both, both definitely go hand in hand. Um, with lacrosse and football, it's both, depending on your position, you know, like a wide receiver and a midfield and attack, meaning lacrosse, both use quickness and agility to get by your defenders. And also a big thing about it is in lacrosse, as an offensive player, you're also reading defenses and you make your moves off of defenses. And that translates in, translate into football. Whereas at a wide receiver, you might have to find that open spot in the defense. So you have to maybe read the defense before the play and find what you're going to do. And yeah, those really go really hand in hand with each other. And it's just great. And Jordan, I know that you are going to be playing wide receiver early on for Notre Dame when we talked in the past, right? So Coach Stuckey just pulled in a tremendous class. Obviously, you were included in this conversation as well. Talk to me about that transition, though, because I know I've seen the video that you posted and you look pretty natural running routes and doing everything. But, you know, with the quarterback background now making that transition fully to wide receiver, how excited are you for that transition? Oh, I'm very excited. You know, quarterback helped a little, even though I didn't throw the ball much in my high school. I was more of a running quarterback. You know, it's really helps with because my coach had taught me about reading defenses and stuff, and that really translates into being a wide receiver. But also with this tremendous class, I can't wait to get up there and get to work, you know, get uh, info from the rest of the guys and, you know, really help me to become a better player. Love it. Love it. And, Luke, as far as your position, man, I know Notre Dame's looking at you as a safety. You are, though, for me, a, a player that I think could project, you know, maybe even to a rover down the line because you got that big 6'3 frame and do all types of things. What has the staff told you is basically about – how they see you fitting early, what the long-term could be positionally for, for Notre Dame. Um, Yeah, I've talked to Coach Golan and Coach O'Leary, and um, they, they kind of see me, yeah, like a safety at the beginning. Um, and then it really just depends on how my, my body develops. If I get, I mean, if I gain a bunch of weight right away, then, yeah, maybe I do fall down into a linebacker position. But uh, I've played safety my whole high school career, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm comfortable there. Um at least right now. And then, yeah, I mean, if I were to move the backer, I would be very raw and uh, I would start from scratch. So that would be also good too. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and Luke, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I love both your guys film, but you have that kind of that hard hitting personality on the defensive side of the ball, which is exciting to me. I mean, can you just talk a little bit about your play style and just how you maybe model your game a little bit playing the safety position? Yeah, I, I like safety because, you know, you're kind of, I mean, in a way you're a quarterback of the defense and so you can really see everything and uh, it gives me a really good opportunity to like um, uh, see what's going on in the play and then just I get a full head of steam coming at the guy. And I mean, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a fun time making those collisions and those big hits. But um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a different level up at, at the highest level. So um, I hope I can uh, prove it. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and Jordan, I guess my last question for you, Jordan, would be, we've seen a guy that was really instrumental for Notre Dame over the last few years that unfortunately, unfortunately got hurt this year was Avery Davis, who was a former high school quarterback, was a quarterback early on in his career, kind of went to a couple different positions and eventually settled in as a slot receiver. And I guess my question is, and you talked about this a little bit already, but being a quarterback, it's kind of seeing the game from a different perspective, having the football in your hands, having kind of that field vision. How much do you feel like that quarterback position is going to help you with that transition to slot receiver ultimately? Oh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, because where I was playing, we came in a wing offense. So, you know, really like I was really rolling out, you know, looking for different things. And our main receivers were our slot receivers. So I was able to, you know, work with them, feel, feel out how they ran their routes around defenses. And ultimately the quickness and the agility playmaking on the inside is really what you need to be a good slot receiver. And that's what I hope to be. Love it. And Brian some, had to pull up uh, some film. I love it, man. Love Luke, it. we'll go to you next, man. But I'm not going to – I've never hit my bias towards uh, towards being an offensive guy. But what I want to do is I want people to see your guys' film because I want people to see that, that you guys are football players. Like, I mean, Ryan, you know what the first clip on, on Luke's film is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping back into coverage, baiting a quarterback into throwing a corner route and then picking it off. And then, oh, by the way, uh, I'm going to go ahead and score. Uh, on this one so I, I think that's the thing that guys is, is I'm just going to be real with you you guys know this right like walk-ons don't get the fanfare that the four stars and five stars get but what I want people to understand is and we're going to have Henry Garrity on as well another walk-on these are legit football players these guys are really good football players and yep. uh they make this class and they make this team better there's no doubt about it and uh uh, guys, we're excited to see what you guys can do. I mean, that's Jordan. That's Jordan. I mean, just house on one right there, right? So, I, I mean, uh, you, you've seen him play safety with a big right. hit already right. in this in this day. You've seen him take right. an option eighty yards. You also seen him return kicks. I mean, right. Jordan, you did a little bit of everything for your school, man. Oh yeah, know? yeah, and playing in Florida too. I mean, that's the other thing. So you're, I mean, it, look, I don't care what people say. What well, I've heard is what some kid came to him like y'all don't understand it. There's no level of football in Florida that's not that doesn't have athletes. They're going to go somewhere and play college football. <laughs> like it's, yes. it's everywhere. And uh, you know, you're seeing these highlights against that. So I just wanted to people get a sense of it, Jordan, but I got to ask you this too. When was it always for you a time when you were going to do try to do both? Uh, did it come later? That, I mean, when, what was that moment that you decided to, to do both? And is, was it just Notre Dame that you're going to do both? Or were you looking for a school period that you could do both? Yeah, so it, uh, lacrosse uh, recruiting came way earlier, you know, junior year, and uh, we had to make a decision pretty early. And then football really really wasn't coming through. And it wasn't until midway through my senior year that I started getting a, a lot more football interest. And I had picked up a, a, a Iowa offer, and I went a vi- on a visit up there, and that really got things circulated. And then I got more um, football interest as time went on. And then I hadn't really been thinking about it because I only thought I was just going to be straight lacrosse with no football and then once football started coming in, I was starting to think about, oh, do I got to pick a sport or can I play both? And then as I was thinking about it, I'm talking with my coaches when I committed uh, for Notre Dame for lacrosse, and they were just talking to me about it, like, yeah, two sports could work here. And after I talked with football guys, it was like a dream come true. Love it. And you also have to deal with the academic aspect of it too, both of <laughs> you guys. This is Luke's film. That's what I was. This is the play I was telling you all about. This is always the way to start off a highlight film is to start it off with a pick six, right? Like that's the way to go. So deep coverage, Luke, let me talk to me about your game. 
right? Talk to me about what makes you what, – what what are you bringing to the Notre Dame football team? What talent, what mindset, what, what are the different things that you're going to bring to the Notre Dame football program? Shoot, uh, I hope I'm – I mean, I'm going to bring the my mentality. I mean, I'm, I'm always a winner and I want to compete. I mean, I think that's kind of that mindset you have to have if you're a walk-on, especially at a program like Notre Dame. You gotta, you gotta want to play and you gotta want to prove it. And so I think I'm gonna do everything I can to do that. And um, yeah, I hope I bring the physical aspect to the safety positions, especially. Um, I know that <laughs> just at least in, at my high school, I was I was a much more physical safety than. Um, yeah. We're uh, four clips I, in, and everyone in the chat would agree with you, Luke. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> yeah, I hope I can go over to college. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to get going. Yeah. 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 That, that running back really thought he was going to run you over. I'm sorry. I got it. I got to see that one again. This running back really thought he was going to lower his shoulder and run you over. This is great. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You're not You're going backwards. Um, uh, what, what was the kind of, what was the, what was your ceremony like today, Luke? What did you guys do? Like, is, did you just kind of sign a paper? Did you guys do anything at your high school? What did you guys do today? Yeah. Yeah. My, my high school always has like a, little deal that they do for um uh just people who are going on to the next level and so we had like a little yeah signing deal I took some pictures um actually have some some people in cody are very very big uh notre dame fans and so they brought some like swag or whatever got some flags and stuff so it was pretty cool um awesome. the support i have here is, is incredible jordan how about you what was uh what was your guys's day like yeah, so we're not in school right now, so we just did a little home thing with my family and close friends. And then when we get back into school, they'll do the whole big thing and get the pictures and all that. Excellent, excellent. Well, guys, we are really happy that you joined us. And like I said, we we uh, I think I think the 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 tone of the chat. So I'm going to be straight, you guys. When you guys joined the chat, it wasn't really kind of going off. You know, people are just kind of like chilling out. But once I started playing the film, <laughs> the chat picked back up and went, "Yo, these these guys can ball." Uh, and I think that's the thing that I'm looking for and, and uh, looking forward to is just, um, you know, you, you guys are going to bring a lot to it. And Notre Dame, I mean, I mean, heck, what the most recent Notre Dame movie to get made was about walk on. Right. I mean, everybody's heard that. But, you know, that was a story about a guy who wasn't a Notre Dame caliber football player in the 30 years since that movie's been made. There's been a lot of walk ons that have proven they are Notre Dame caliber football players. And I'm looking forward to you guys getting that opportunity as well. So really, really happy for you guys. So, uh, Jordan, you might actually make me have to go watch a lacrosse game this this spring, man. So, you know, um, I, I, I'm always so busy. I always say I want to get to a lacrosse game. I want to get to a football game. I don't mean that as like I hate watching lacrosse. I just I just always want to do those things. I just because I actually enjoy watching lacrosse. I don't understand it. I don't know what's happening. I know I know what a goal is. Right. OK, the ball went in the net goal. But it's just a it's a. I like athletic sports that require skill and it's a, it's a sport that requires a lot of hand-eye coordination and, and a lot of tech. I didn't realize that too. There's a lot of technique involved in, in different things. So I, I really respect it. So I'm going to have to get out there and, uh, and check that out a little bit. See, see here now Luke's trying to say, okay, Jordan, I see you scoring touchdowns. Let me, let me show you what I can do with the ball in my hand. So um, really appreciate you guys being with us today and, and congratulations on your decisions. Uh, congratulations on being a part of the a part of the Notre Dame program, and uh, just add, add to the the specialness of this 2023 class for Notre Dame. Appreciate Thank you guys. You. Yeah, Fellas, congratulations, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so Have much. Been. Just two good kids, Ryan. I mean, like, and two good football players. <laughs>
I think that's what people are yeah. seeing in this in this in these highlights. These kids are good football players. Yep. They are, you know, and, and like, go ahead, Ryan. I know I was just going to say, Brian. Like, I I mean, obviously, I haven't. I mean, I, it's my first year covering recruiting, so I wasn't covering like what the walk-ons looked like. They weren't bringing school. in many kids yes. like this in the past, Ryan. Exactly. They weren't. I mean, because no. literally, we talked a lot about Luke having the Pac-12 offers, but literally, Jordan just got an offer from Iowa. Iowa yeah. wanted him to come play football yeah. on a scholarship, you know. So you're talking about kids that had some legitimate offers that chose right. Notre Dame for for varying right. reasons, but because of the love of it, you know. Right. So right, and and that's the thing is like there's this there's sometimes this stigma that goes, well, you're a walk on, so you're you're not here. And as to your point, no, no, these are kids that had scholarship offers. They wanted to be at Notre Dame, and that's that's really what was what it was all about. So another kid that uh, wanted to be at Notre Dame and and chose that over some other options is Henry Garrity. Henry, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so you are now. Uh, you have obviously you've made your decision uh, a, a little while ago about the <clears throat> de- decision to choose the University of Notre Dame. Obviously, your your dad went to school at Notre Dame, played basketball at Notre Dame. Uh, you've decided to, to to blaze a path to Notre Dame as well. A little different sport, right? Than than yeah. than, than what your dad played. What yeah. was it? You know, because obviously, tell people kind of about your recruitment. Because you know, you weren't just some. Uh, let's just say this: like Henry Garrity is not a kid that is at Notre Dame because his dad went to Notre Dame. Henry Garrity is a good football player that brings value to Notre Dame, and that's and he and I have chatted about this. He knows I believe this because I've told him this before, but. Um, this is a good football player. What was, what was your recruitment like? And what was it that caused you to kind of, instead of maybe going down another path that maybe involved scholarship, maybe involved uh, some different avenues say, I want to go to Notre Dame and be part of the best tight end room in college football. Yeah. So growing up, I was always a basketball kid and basketball was always my main sport, um, especially in high school too. Um, But I would say after my sophomore football season is kind of, when I realized like in my heart and in my head that like, I really did enjoy playing football more and even thought I was better at it and could be better at it. So, you know, after my sophomore season, that's when I got serious about it and was serious about trying to get my name out there and go to, you know, go to different places to compete and just, you know, try to get attention from colleges. And so the off season after sophomore year, I got a little bit of interest and and attention from from some schools, but I was very undersized at the time. Like I really hadn't focused on putting the weight to be a college tight end yet, so it was a little quiet, but still some interest. And then that off season is when I kind of worked and worked to get ready for my junior season, which was which was which was big. And then after my junior season, that's when. I, you know, started working even more, putting more weight on. And that's kind of when, you know, stuff started to, to get hot. It was like in, I want to say January after my junior football season. And then, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I, I think people are going to say this. You definitely, definitely could go back and watch sophomore film. And, and you had a very similar, uh, Cole Komet and Tyler Eifert are two kids who had very similar to your situations of growth too, is they were very skinny. They look like wide receivers up until like their yeah. senior years, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, Same that's me too. You. Yeah. Well, Go ahead, Henry. And, and, sorry, Henry. Um, I was just going to ask, man, like, because 
I think it's an easy sell for Notre Dame and kind of the tight end factory that they've been able to, you know, create over the years. I mean, we can go back to Dave Caspers of the world, Irv Smith seniors. More recently, Brian just mentioned Tyler Reifert and Cole Kibbets and obviously the best tight end in college football this past year, in my opinion, over yeah. the last couple of years. So yeah. how much of a sell was it just to be able to see Michael Mayer in person, right? See the impact he has in the game and how much Notre Dame's offense does utilize the tight end in their offense. Yeah. I I mean, it's huge. Like even since I was like a little kid, the tight end position at Notre Dame has always been super, super elite. I remember kind of the first season I really tuned in was the 2012 season with Tyler Eifert. And I forget, I believe it was like Troy Nicholas who's the backup. And you know, that's kind of, that's kind of what my, I fell in love with like Notre Dame football. So, you know, ever since then it's been, it's been just, I've been, I've been a diehard fan of it. And then now, you know, getting the chance to go be a part of it, I'm, I'm super, super excited for it. And to go be a part of that room and, you know, be able to become the best player I can be and hopefully, you know, go out there and compete and carve out a role that impacts winning and to a point where I can help this team win games and, and hopefully a national championship. I mean, it's very Henry, cool can I ask, yeah, Go ahead, Ry. Sorry. And I was just going to say, Henry, can I ask, because a guy that we don't talk about a ton is Jared Parker, mostly because when he got hired, Notre Dame already had a 2023 commit and Cooper yeah. Flanagan already part of the <laughs> yeah. program, right? So Jared, Jared Parker walked into a good situation. He, he had did. Michael I Mayer mean, on the team. And then <laughs> Cooper Flanagan already committed. So, yeah. yeah. You uh, had, so he he had a very good tight end room, already has 2023 commit in the class. So we didn't spend too much time talking about it from a recruiting and coaching perspective. But can you talk to me a little bit about just the relationships that you guys have built? And I mean, ultimately, he had to sell a vision to you, right, about being part of the yeah. program. Yeah, so I I actually went to the Irish Invasion Camp, I think, after my soft – so before my junior year. I went to that Irish Invasion Camp, and the, I believe the tight end coach was John McNulty, um, who's who I liked a lot. But still at the time, I was like 200 pounds – Six three, not built to to play tight end at Notre Dame. But after I grew, and then they brought in Coach Parker, we went back to the same camp and just you know, went in with the mentality of just you know gonna compete as hard as I can and you know go as hard as I can. And Coach Parker, you know, coached me coached me up. And even when I went out there to visit, spent a lot of time with me, just watching film and kind of teaching me about kind of what goes on in the tight end room and, you know, how, how he's going to develop, develop everyone in that room, no matter if you're Michael Mayer or, you know, you're, you're, you're not playing that much. So that's something that attracted me to go be a part of his position room and just the chance to, to really develop as a football player. Well, and it's clear, Henry, that you take a lot of pride in your craft because I'm seeing a lot of, I mean, just like, quality execution of routes you know attacking Mm -hmm. leverage you know leaning guys with your top ends things like that um is that just kind of come over time is that something that was part of the work is i mean you i mean luckily to be to be a great football player you've got to be someone who takes pride in your craft and and you do is that something you've just always wanted to do or was that kind of i need to do this if i'm going to get where i want to get to i so i've always i've played football since i was in third grade and i always was more of like a skill position and and kind of wide receiver. And then, you know, as I just kind of grew tight end became, you know, just the position that I was able to fit into. But I just think, you know, I've always had like sneak, not, not crazy hyper elite athleticism, but like a sneaky 
sneaky, shifty kind of athleticism. Yeah. And then just kind of through, since I got serious about football, really working on my feet and change of direction and, and all that stuff, it kind of just came with it. And in learning how uh, defensive backs defend, defend you, you know, there's different ways and different coverages and just knowing how the coverage works or the personnel you're going up against, you can kind of, um, you know, find their weaknesses and take advantage of them. So, I mean, we normally ask guys what they bring to the table, but I, I what I've enjoyed about this conversation, Henry, is you've already done that. We've already talked so much about what you bring to the table. So um, what are what are your goals? Man? I mean, you look at making a decision like this, Henry. The, the reality is what, what a lot of people don't appreciate about guys like you, and we just had Jordan Faison and Luke Talich on as well, who are coming to Notre Dame as, as walk-ons, is you guys are turning down opportunities, whether it's at the Power 5 level, the FBS level, the FCS level, to where – you could go somewhere and be the guy. There are schools that are recruiting you where you would go and be the guy, whatever level that may be. You literally chose the hardest path you could take by going to Notre Dame. Um, and I don't think people appreciate that enough, you know, especially especially in, in your situation because you're not having to um, – you're not getting a full rest cup. You have to kind of pay your own way. What was it that – all? I mean, was there was there a – was there a time where you considered maybe going a different route, you know, maybe going to a different way? And, and if so, what was it that made you say, no, this is the path I want to go. Yeah. It, yeah it may be harder, but this is definitely the path I want to go down. Yeah. So, you know, everything, everyone says kind of the criticism of taking the PWO route is not going, you know, somewhere else where, you know, you're going to play more and get, get an opportunity to, to do big things at that school. And I was kind of looking at either the Ivy league route or even one of the military academies, but, I kind of knew deep down in my heart that if I didn't take a chance to go to Notre Dame, I would regret it for, for a very long time. And even just growing up as a diehard fan and, you know, with the connection there, that's also something that just swayed me. I just, I, I love Notre Dame. Like it's always been a part of me, but um, you know, now it's going there. It's not that I'm obviously super excited to go, but kind of like I said earlier, I'm, you know, I want to go there and compete every day, go to work every day to try and carve out a role where I can help the team win any way I can. So my goals, I would like, my, my goal is just to go there and impact winning. So, so yeah, whether that's, you know, get in the rotation, get on the special teams, but, you know, really, really go there and, and help any way I can make everyone better. Ryan, you got you got anything else for Henry? Henry, I, you know, I, again, we, we're just kind of looking at the background, man, and I was looking it up before the show even started today. And, I mean, you had 12 offers, and obviously you're a guy that has taken the, the tough road, right? And so I, I guess my question is, how much does that fuel you, being a guy that has to get has to earn what is given to him at this point, right? You're not a guy that's going to get the – easy way into situations you have to be, be that tough dude that earns his keep every single day how much does that drive you it drives me a lot and you know going there i'm definitely gonna have a chip on my shoulder just because yeah. you know i wasn't as uh highly recruited as a lot of the guys but when we're all there it's it's just about going out and playing football which is which is all it is so i think that's a good yeah. mentality to have and when you're there it's it just just compete just compete stay disciplined physically develop which you know, I've developed a little bit in high in, in high school and especially now around my senior year, but I still I still believe I have a long way to go as far as physical development. And I'm confident in my 
ability to 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 play football with with at the highest level. And what's this what's this day like for your family? Because obviously we know that you have the Notre Dame tie in the family and everything, but just from your parents' perspective, family is in general, how excited are they that you get to experience this day? Yeah, no, they are super excited and they're glad that they can continue, you know, going back there and to be a part of the program and now be a part of the program in a different way and a different sport too. So, you know, it's a very, it's a very special day. So, so it's good. I, I want to ask this, Henry, cause like, I want this to be about you and, and obviously there's that connection with your dad, but I, I think this is kind of relevant to that. Was, was there any kind of, um, did you ever feel any pressure, whether it was not, I don't think your dad would have ever put pressure on, but did you ever feel any pressure to maybe go to Notre Dame because of your dad or to maybe not go to Notre Dame because of your dad, what was that dynamic like? At one point, I, I, I kind of felt more, not that I felt a ton of pressure, but I kind of felt it more when I was transitioning from basketball to football more than Notre Dame or another school. And even at first I was, I was like, okay, so Notre Dame is on the table, but you know, I, you know, I need to, to be unbiased and you see where the best fit is for me. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, I just, I believe in the coaching staff there. I have, you know, just following all the other guys, it's great to see how enthusiastic and bought in everyone is and who doesn't want to be a part of that. So I'm just, I'm very, I'm really excited. That's excellent. I love it. Well, Pat, we thank you or Henry. Sorry, dude. I'm, I'm so sorry, Henry. I, I was going to get through it. Uh, Henry, thank you so much for joining us, man. We wish you yeah. all the best. Love seeing you rocking the Notre Dame gear. Uh, had a chance to watch your film. I think Notre Dame fans have already known because, like, once they heard Garrity, like, oh, let me check this kid out. So I think a lot of Notre Dame fans kind of are a lot more aware of you uh, and then what you bring to the table, man. But we are so happy to have you on. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you uh, seeing you here. Now, you'll be showing up with, in the summer, fall? When will you- I'll be showing up in the summer. Summer, okay. Summer, yeah. Okay. So that'll be great. Well, we appreciate you. And, uh, you know, Wapu Nation is big at Notre Dame, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, including absolutely. guys that play. You know, yeah. we talked about this, like Michael Vincent, nobody talks about him, but that dude was money this year as an yeah. and it eventually develops a scholarship. You know, Matt Salerno, yeah. you know, goes out and makes his money catch on the road against Ohio state. So uh, we, we love what, what you guys bring to the table and I can't wait to see you. Of course they all yeah. ended up with scholarships. So I know that would be, yeah. <laughs> that would be like, yeah, hey. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. Best absolutely. of luck to you, Henry. Congratulations, no Henry. See you guys. Take care. Yeah, I, I love kids like that, man, because yeah, man. like we, we emphasize that they are taking the harder path. Mm-hmm. And you see other kids taking an easier path. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with taking an easier path. It's, it's okay. It's just more of like a you commend it when kids take the harder path. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's admirable. And so we had three kids on. But what you all saw in the film is these are good football players. Henry Garrity is a good football player. Luke Talich is a good yeah. football player. Jordan Faison is a good football player. And you need that. You need that walk-on program to be strong in order to really – um, you know, build up, build up the kind of depth you need. And, and, you know, you start getting these guys where dude, I mean, I remember, especially early on at Notre Dame, when I first started covering the team, you'd watch some of the guys that were on the walk-ons. You're like, they're just not able to, like, you, you're almost concerned they're going to get hurt. Yeah. Cause you're just like, they don't, they don't belong out there. And then you start to see that the walk-on program built up, built up. And you're like, dude, these guys can play. You know what I mean? Like maybe this kid's a couple, two, couple inches too short, or this kid's a, 
you know, 20 pounds too light or maybe two tenths of a second, just a little too slow to, to really be an impact player. But Mesk gets a good football player, whether it's yep. a guy that's giving you a great look Monday to Friday that doesn't get the recognition of other guys or guys like the Matt Salernos and, and the Chris Finks. I mean, people forget Chris Fink started his career as a walk on Notre Dame. And by the end of his career, Notre Dame, he was he was a guy that NFL teams were looking at. He was a very key part of that 2018 playoff run. And we've talked about it before. I mean, USC in 2018, they were like, we're not going to let you're not going to beat us with uh, with Miles Boykin and Chase Claypool. You have to beat us with somebody else. And Chris Fink was like, word. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. Goes on has 100 yards in the first half. So uh, very, very important part of this and, and the unheralded part of the class. And that's why we wanted to have these guys on is because, you know, they're we felt their story needs to be told too, because these kids work hard. They work just as hard. Uh, and there's just as important part of the, of the program. That's what I don't think people understand. Great teams aren't just strong because you have 10 great players. Yep, They're strong because you have depth. You have character from top to bottom. You have a guy that says, my job is to help this team win on Saturday by giving you everything I got on Monday to Friday, knowing that no one's going to cheer for me. No one's going to know my name on Saturday but I'm going to have a role in helping this team win. And, um, you know, I, I, I love kids like that, man. Sean, those are just, those are great stories, man. That that's, you know, I mean, forget the Rudy part. Cause again, Rudy was not a good football player, right? Like <laughs> these walk-ons like, and, and what that has done is like now every kid that's a walk-on is perceived to be like this, you're five foot, nothing. You're a hundred. Henry Garrity's six foot four, 220 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Luke Talis is six, three, one ninety-five. These are legit athletes. You know what I mean? Like, they're good football players and, and having them on their part on the, on in the program guys is, is just really big. And, I, and they're just great stories too, Sean. Right. And it, you know, sports is emotional too, man. Like there's just the beauty of it, right. There's the, there's the um, that's the part of sports that we've, I think sometimes lose a little bit. It's just the, the, the those stories, you know, because yep. nowadays like the only stories people want to tell is like some kid got in trouble or some kid did this thing bad or, you know, like if some NFL player would have done something really stupid this weekend, it'd have been all over the sports world. But then, you know, Stefan Diggs does what he did with that little boy who lost his dad. And it's like, you know, we don't, we don't hear as much about it, you know, and I, I want, it's romantic, Sean. I think that's what it is. Right. It, it didn't, was it Kevin Costner that said that? Was it in yeah. old Durham? You know, yeah. sports is, there's a, there's a, a romantic aspect of sports. These great stories, these, these great loves, this great passion. It's not a great love, a great passion, a great relationship. isn't always between a man and a woman or whatever. Sometimes it's between a, uh, an institution and a young man or a team and a young man who's just willing, Hey, look, I got nothing left, but I'm going to give whatever I got because I got to do it for my brothers. Yeah. You know, I love it. Sports has that effect. It can bring you to tears in certain instances for good reasons and bad reasons. You know, I, my heart went out to uh, Jerome Bettis today, you know, just watching him talk about losing one of his mentors and Franco Harris today, mm-hmm. you know, while he was with the Steelers and just watching him, talk about it and how heartbroken he was and just to go back to his story and his his journey and he's probably not even at Notre Dame if it wasn't for you know legislation back then that allowed him to come to the university and to be able to thrive and show that he could survive on the football field and off the football field so it's just it's just an amazing story to have like i'm sitting here watching this kid talk to you guys and i'm like yo i used to watch your dad when he played with john mcleod like this is (laughs) this for me it took me back you know now i'm watching and i'm saying yo this is pretty amazing but like you said i think ryan we talked about it in one of the shows the people don't understand like 
there's a purpose to strengthening your PWO program. Yeah. It, it means something. It, it's a great help. And Notre Dame has gone a long way in doing that. Uh, there's been a focus on developing the middle of the roster. And we know they're going after the top, top talent as well in recruiting. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.